Geek Shock. Geek when you're out at a club and you see a fly girl, do the creep. And do the creep. I actually enjoyed it. All right. I thought it was a lot of fun. Okay. If you're looking for giant robots fighting giant monsters, you pretty much get that. Pacific Rim, thumbs up for you. Uh, well, a renter. Right. Let's not go see it in a movie. Right. See, okay. So, I mean, even, yes. There's some plot issues. There's some story issues. But it was not at all the atrocity that Mr. Mattingly claimed it to be. <laughs> it was are... not at all the abusive uh, <laughs> assault upon the human soul. And the studio was happy with it because it, it made money. Is... Well, of course it made uh, money because it... It, if you were a 12-year-old boy, you're going to fucking love that movie. Oh, it's a 12-year-old boy. Yeah, it, well, so yeah, explain but, that. Yeah, well. Well, I have yet to Clarissa. see a 12-year-old boy that doesn't like anything. Yeah. <laughs> I have yet to see this film. But loves uh, vegetables. But I Wait. totally agree. He that doesn't like vegetables It's either. awesome that you went in without any expectations. And you enjoyed the film. No, the only expectations I went in with were Paul hated this for a list of reasons that are really obscure and specific. Granted. So you watched it because Paul hated it. Kind of. Uh, <laughs> well, the well vitriol, that's how I operate. The vitriol with I, which I attacked it does make one inquisitive about it, I would say. Well, fact, it's every also time. one of those things of like people who... Uh, trash the Lord of the Rings movies because you know where is that scene that's supposed to be in there and where is that scene and why did they go uh, you know why did uh, Faramir take uh, uh, you know uh, uh, Frodo to the his family home which they yeah. don't do in the book and, and all where that the fuck's stuff, Tom know, Bombadil yeah like they added stuff in the movie and changed things because they had to and so there I have some fanatic Tolkien fans who are like I can't believe they ruined the book by that you know and I feel fan that's boys, how you are with fanboys or yeah. fanboys regardless that's yeah. funny I love the Lord of the Rings movies but I'm not that attached to the books either yeah I hear you what I, is funny though am, is is that every time Paul has has like full on hated on something yeah. that I haven't seen I have to go out and watch it just to see if it's as bad as he says. Rango. And 90% of the time, it's not. Rango is a perfect example. Because he hated so much on Rango, so basically, I went Paul, out and watched Rango. You're fucking giving, Rango. You're basically, and liked it. you're basically giving the studios money on the back of your hatred. Yeah. Hey, man, somebody's got to do it. Well, it's always, there's certain uh, critics, you know, critics out there that if they hate it, I know I'm going to like sure. it. Sure. Like oh, Rex, Rex Reed. Rex Reed. Yeah, forget like it. a movie. I go see it, right? I'm yeah. Like, well, that guy's an idiot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, I mean, yeah, it's a very, it's a very specific reason that I hated. Spe- specific now there's rim. a there's a cheap knockoff <laughs> version of it that's also available on a- Xbox. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Atlantic Rim. Yeah, yeah. And I watched that movie. <laughs> That movie is the movie you created. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it is horrible. Is it possible Paul saw that instead of the Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. It is horrible. It's terrible. It's from those Transmorphers guys. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yes. And they uh, spend most, picture. They spend most of the fight sequences inside the head watching the two people pretend to fight nothing and they're just punching the air and there's no emotional and you don't see any of the monster robots. So This is yeah. definitely the movie he saw. After seeing Atlantic Rim... Pacific Rim was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, folks. It is Geek Shock number 219. I am Master Torgo. The famous ball. 80s Jeff. Uh, Captain Luddite. Fact check Andy. And Bonzo. And all for the side. Major Mac. Ah, big house. It's because this is going to be the last cast of the year since we t- normally record on Tuesdays. That makes it next week, Christmas Eve, and then respectively New Year's Eve the week afterwards. And we're so, all just going to be getting drunk on New Year's Eve. Yeah, so Ooh. so I'm we're going to take the holiday off just like you like to. So, But we'll see in the beginning of the year, but we still got a full show ahead of us here. Uh, but before we start that show, what'd you do this week, gentlemen? 
I saw the dragon, the desolation, the smaug. The desolation of smaug. Yes, I enjoyed it. Yeah? I mean, if you liked the first Hobbit movie, this is right up there with that one. Everybody I've uh, talked to so far is, has enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm, I haven't got a chance heard to yet. I've heard it's got some slightly better buzz than the first one. Yeah, it's a little better than the first one. But, I mean, that's they got both a dragon. St- it has the same issues I think the first one has. That, Like we were saying earlier, that he's trying to stick in all this other stuff that has nothing to do well, with the Well, he's stretching Hobbit. out a smaller book into as many movies well, as he did. For, and I, and yeah. I can tell you the, the, some of the stuff he added, I'm fine with. I, I have no problem yeah. with the love story they added. No, it's, yeah, that's yeah. fine. But it's, Bilbo and the dragon. The dragon is yeah. awesome. <laughs> Bumping Bilbo's. Dragon's amazing. Hot. The dragon sure. is awesome. Well, it's Cumberbatch. How can you no, go wrong? Beyond that, just the visual All of right, the dragon now, is, is it, awesome. Is it as good as Dragonheart? <laughs> Be honest. Is it as good as Sean Connery talking to what's I his nuts? I am the last one. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to stab me in my dragon heart. Was it as any good as Reign of Fire? Oh, rain of fire, <laughs> man! Talk about talk about opportunity wasted. No God kidding. damn! I kind of okay, see Ray- and Christian Bale in the same. I film. see Rain of Fire as the Nickelback of horror fans. It is. Or is it Ring of Fire? Yeah. Or- it is. It yeah. feels it like it, it feels like you're listening to Nickelback when you're watching that thing. It's like simulated Nickelback. Yeah. <laughs> It's some shit. You're like, wait, I know this is supposed to be music, but it's doing something terrible to me. <laughs> Just like with that movie. You're like, I know this is supposed to be a wonderful sci-fi film filled with fantasy and dragons, but something is wrong in my balls. It's like, it's twisting up my balls? nuts. Yeah, you can feel you can feel that fucking movie in your nutsack, dude. It's like, ugh. A point. It's so bad. The, so goddamn bad. The Hobbit movie, uh, there was a little like four, 13, 12-year-old boy four or five seats down from me, and he loved every minute of it. Which go. I think is there the target audience of that story sure. and, and of that movie. It was a kid's book. I would yeah. say, I mean, they, they, they uh, fleshed out Bard, who just sort of appears in the book. He does sort of easy, total deus, I never known as a deus ex machina. Machina, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, in, in, the, in the books, it's like suddenly, oh, here's Bard, and just saves today. And that speaks to the larger portion of the people that are this, this vocal minority of the people that go... How can they turn this 300-page book into three full movies? Uh, that's because the book is, doesn't have any characters in it. It has names attached to events Right. when it comes down to it. There's Bilbo, there's Thorin Oakenshield, and Smaug. And that's about it. From there, everybody else is a character that is not fleshed out. I mean, even Gandalf is barely in that book. Yeah, really. right. he, he pops in and out for random reasons. Yeah. And, and here he's trying to give you reasons as to why he's leaving. There's an yeah, action never... sequence um, in the middle of the movie with the, the river scene. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, that is just that's a blast. Pure, pure love. That's I mean, the... you still can't keep track of all the damn dwarves because yeah. there's just too many of them, and right. you don't have time to fully invest in thirteen different. Well, dwarves. you never see Sleepy because he's in bed. <laughs> yeah, Doc is trying to patch up somebody's wiener that yeah. got burned by small. Probably grumpy at that. Grumpy point, is yeah. of I would be yeah. right. You've got dragon burns on your dick. <laughs> oh man. Oof. Nothing will make you grumpier. Well, and then until Doc got? makes you happy by happy, fixing it, right? <laughs> Sneezy, uh, Wheezy, who was married to George, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and we're moving on up. Who else is there? <laughs> who else? What are the other ones? What's the other one? Oh, there's two more. Mm-hmm. Happy two. Bunny. Is there a Bunny one? I think you missed Bashful. Bunny, Dopey, bashful. Uh, Dopey yeah. and Bashful. Dopey and Bashful. Dopey and Bashful. Gopher. Gopher <laughs> and Doc, yeah. And you said Wheezy, yeah. but you missed Queasy. There's yeah. Wheezy, uh, Queasy, 
Gopher and Doc and who's the guy that ran the bar? Isaac. Isaac. Gopher, Doc, and Isaac. Yes. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't <laughs> Go- who was going to get that one? Huh? Wasn't Gopher the dwarf that was in the Senate or was that Sonny Bono? Yeah, no. Gopher became a senator and then yeah. Sonny Bono became a tree post. <laughs> Well, he married wow. a tree post. He married, right, a, tree he married post. a tree post. He married a tree post. <laughs> I thought he was doing his Jackson Pollock impersonation. Uh, uh, that's a possibility, too. It's a possibility, too. Never too soon. Never too soon. Too soon for a Sonny Bono joke? <laughs> I don't know. Real I was quick. hearing Paul Walker jokes like the week after. Yeah, I was like, I Jesus Christ. I don't think it was too soon um, for a Sonny Bono joke in 1974. We, uh, <laughs> we don't normally do a what's going in my mouth then. on Geek Shock because, you know, radio. But... You brought a wine. Yeah, well, I brought this uh, hard lemonade uh, stuff that uh, a student of mine, John Axelrod, made for me uh, a gift, a holiday gift. Not being a big drinker myself, I decided to bring it and share it with the cast here. Um, yeah, we don't do usually what's going in my mouth. It It's going to be some strong stuff. This is his special brew, the Lemon Louie, named after his father, and uh, it is kosher. If any of you are wor- oh, worried about God, that, yep. Yeah. And worried. the alcohol by volume between ten and twenty percent. This is a straight up home brew. <laughs> I like the. That's quite a it's range. Kosher. It means like yeah, ten and twenty percent. Well, yeah, you bartenders would know that that's a range. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's pretty. Uh, so, that's you know, pretty. That's pretty potent. It's. Like I mean, well, those... I took one little whifter of the snifter there, oh, and it is. Plenty. It is a hardcore. So ah. pour yourself some. It's strong. That's it's going to be strong. I got to throw the list. Yeah. The it, color it has is, a strange yeastiness to it. The, the color is and it's, just and it's not quite right. The it's a home brew. Well, I don't know. You know. Wow. It's, I just took a whiff of this. It's it, strong. It it's going like to be strong. It looks like urine. Well, it's strong. Well, I could smell it. I'm not even yeah. close to a glass. Yeah. All right. So All right. Uh, we got three gentlemen here. going to take a swig and give it a, give it their flavor of opinions. There you go. Gentlemen on three. Andy's already down. Andy don't care. Andy don't care. Andy don't give a fuck. Andy Badger don't care. <laughs> don't tell Andy what all right, the fuck all right, to do. Here we go. One, two, three, Jeffy. That's nice. Fair, kind of floral. In yeah. A way. yeah. Okay. It tastes like a better version of Mike's Hard Lemonade. Oh, yeah, that's okay. that's what he said. He said yeah. it's a hard lemonade. Mike's so. Hard is like one of the. It's got this really nasty artificial flavor finish. This mm-hmm. does not. I think no. Mike's. They cool. try to make it sugary and so. Yeah. And, and very soapy. Has, has, has a real soapy flavor to it. Mike's not that that's bad. It actually, Mike, are you sure it's not the glass? I don't get the soapy flavor. No, I, no, no I because it's very floral. Oh, okay. I'm actually getting a weird lemon aftertaste to this lemonade. There I you go. It tastes real lemon. I'm right? just drinking right? Pledge. Am I drinking Pledge? <laughs> you might be drinking Pledge. Huh. Awesome. So it has the seal of approval. No, it's good. I enjoy yeah, this. So this thank a, you. It has a walrus of approval. I just had an awesome mini hamburger, so thank you. So thank you, John. For sharing your delicious yes. uh, uh, cider with us. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm, cider. Mm-hmm. Well, that shut us up. It does. Uh, you know what? I, I discovered something about myself this week. Oh, shit. Um, I've, I've been uh, kind of the poo-poo on the military shooter for a while because, you know, more of the same, more of the same. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the first few and then got more of the same, more of the same. I was going to say, yeah, after it got out of the World uh, War II sect, you really kind of yeah, just stopped playing uh, it. But I've really, really taken, ca- taken to Battlefield 4. But I think for all of the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, I, I played it for about, I'd say, three and a half to four hours last night. But all multiplayer mm-hmm. with people I don't know Mm-hmm. Because that game, when played wrong, is so much fun. Really? Yes. Is it just Griefer's Paradise? It's not so much that it's Griefer's Paradise. It's just that 
the vehicles are so hard to control and the chaos uh, that ensues from that, if you don't care about what's going on around you, it is a playground of joyful chaos. It just is mass hysteria. Yes, just to get into a plane because the planes start flying initially. You're already in the air, like aimed toward ground. So, and at that point, you're like, "Well, I will hit something, or I won't, and I will die, but it will be a glorious death." And it doesn't even really give you the control scheme as to oh, how no. you're... you just walk into it. There is like a little tutorial map that you can go play with everything on your own. Don't do that. Just get in the helicopter and and find something to do. <laughs> One of the quotes Sounds last crazy. night was like, "Why am I tilted? I don't know what's going on here." And even just running on the ground with with explosives, it's if you don't care about being an awesome guildy, this game is joyful. Okay, you have sold me, sir. I want to do this, and so I just tried it out and ended up buying it because it's when everything else is sad, that is fun. That is very, very fun. Oh, good. It's fascinating how some games seem to find that place that their multiplayer becomes this fun playground, and some games can't do it, and mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. And maybe it's like you're saying, it's all too complicated to be done by multiplayer. Now, have you played and, much of the storyline at all? Or yeah, the storyline is interesting enough. After you get going, it starts boring, but it gets there. But now I don't really even give a shit. Now that's probably just going to multiplayer. There was one game that I had that was just me on one team. That's supposed to be 32. Me and four other guys. And so it was just me getting into... Me running around while they were randomly trying to kamikaze me with helicopters. It was great! That sounds like fun. <laughs> well, you sound like you found the right game. like-minded people. Yeah. And and you know, then eventually it was like, all right, let's, let's leave and find a big game. But it was great! So I did that. Cool. Cool. I drove to California and back and listened to a lot of Thrilling Adventure Hour. Thrilling Adventure Hour Tons podcast, Thrilling Adventure, right? Yeah, they, uh, it's, uh, old, old, it's new time radio in the style of old time radio. Fun, and fun idea. They have a set cast of people and they do a couple different shows, but they also bring in pretty big uh, stars. Nathan Fillion has been in it a couple of oh, episodes I've heard. Um, um, Dave Foley was in an episode too. Um, uh, what's her name that played Velma in Scooby-Doo? Um Oh, uh, Linda Cardellini? That's the one, yeah. She was in the episode. Okay. And I, I listened to that, and my, and my son brought along, uh, what was it, Clockwork Cabaret, which is basically a music radio show with the conceit that it's taking place on an airship with crazy women as the DJs. So Crazy women that, as the DJs? Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. No, one's full out crazy. The other one's just annoyed at the crazy person. Oh, uh, so I... Uh, Duncan still listens to this show, right? He's behind, but he's still listening. Yeah. Okay, so Duncan, if you get a chance, uh, try Illusionoid. That's my buddy Nug's podcast out of uh, uh, Canada. I think that's right up your alley. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and the other one was um, da, 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 da. Hadron Gospel Hour had another episode out that was a D&D episode. That yeah, you was mentioned hilarious. them uh, last time that you were enjoying them. Yeah, yeah I yeah. keep seeing posts about them myself, like here and there. So, yeah. That's the podcasts have made car travel much more enjoyable. Oh yeah, yeah. We had a lunch with a nice fellow the other day. We did, yeah. Uh, Felix, yeah, uh, Felix Silla. Silla. Yeah. Silla, okay. Yeah, That's he's a, a, a little person. He uh, was in uh, Tweaky's, the role that made everybody excited. I, you know, but uh, he from was, Buck Rogers. From Buck Rogers, but he was he was cousin it in the Adams family, and he was right. uh, one the of original. the Ewoks, right? And he was a stunt uh, double for Short Round. 
Yeah, oh. to, to be exact, he was the Ewok on the glider he was in the Ewok Return on of the, the Jedi. Glider, yeah. Was he? He was cousin it on the old school. Yep. Yeah, yes, yes, he was. Quite a resume. See, he was a, he was a kid then. That's what made me wow. happy yeah. when I heard that. And it cousin wasn't even it, just tweaky. the cousin it thing. It yeah. was like he said his name, and I'm like, that's the first thing I thought of. Not yeah. Buck mm-hmm. Rogers. He was one I, of the young apes in Planet of the Apes. Right. There's a great picture of him smoking a cigarette with a cigarette holder with Charlton Heston in his uh, you know loinskin. He uh, he was he did stunts in Poltergeist, E.T. Uh, he was the Emperor Penguin in Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he's he's, he's got the impressive he's done a lot. He was oh. there. He was there my entire childhood, and I didn't know it. Hilarious. Yeah, he's, because he's, his career spans something like forty years, doesn't it? Because he's only been in one thing where you can see his face. More than oh, yeah. that, because he's a circus performer. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, he was. He's only been in one thing with his where you can see his face, and it's called The Blackbird. And it's a remake of more. It's a sideways remake of uh, the Maltese Falcon, and he plays a little person Nazi. So more or less, he's actually. Oh, well, Warwick Davis basically took over his job, more or less. Yeah, well, they kind were of, working although, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we were we were sitting there talking to him, and he was telling stories about when he and Kenny Baker wouldn't. Uh, Kenny Baker drove him to some bar outside of London. It was an hour away, and he had one sip of the beer and couldn't stand it, and they went home. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> wow. But he's a great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Very cool. Any other things you want to get off your chest before you start this, mother? Go buy Christmas Puss. You still have time. You still have oh, time. Christmas Puss. Emily Gillette's favorite Christmas book ever. Is that cool? Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, I really appreciate that, Emily. Uh, she tweeted out to her followers to go check out the book. And as my understanding, you don't have that many copies left available. No, we're pretty well. In fact, uh, in theory, we're at a signing tonight, I guess, Wednesday night. Here in Vegas at the Emergency Arts. So uh, from I'll be there from eight to nine. I don't know when Paul will be there, but is that when it's going down eight to it's, nine? It's six to nine, but I got to do a thing beforehand. Yeah, Paul just shows up time. whenever he wants. So, That's you know. true. So Wednesday night, Emergency a wizard arts, arrives when he's supposed to. <laughs> I'll be there eight to nine. <laughs> Wednesday night, eight to nine, Emergency Arts here in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. and the event is going from six to nine. Though the other books will be selling there, like uh, the the uh, Tales from Las Vegas book that was uh, sold at the. Um, Vegas Valley Comic Festival this year will be there, and that's a pretty good book, too. Downtown Las Vegas. Yeah. All right. Yeah, right off Fremont Street. It's a cool spot, the emergency arts. So the last time I was here, I neglected to mention that I actually got to see a, uh, a screening of The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. This, ah. was, this was about a month ago, obviously, and I just totally spaced on mentioning it. Um, and, you know, I'm not usually one for remakes because the original is, is such a great film. I mean, it's what, and the book alone, too, is such a, a loved classic. And I thought to myself watching that going into this movie, I, again, I went in with no expectations, thinking to myself, you know, Ben Stiller's acting in it, he's directing it. He even, as a music fan, he curated the soundtrack. And I was like, you know what, this guy's got to be doing something right. So I sat there and, you know, after, after the film, I was looking up a lot of reviews from critics and basically everybody was blasting it like, you know, it's just one big just do it ad or something like that and to that effect. And I'm like, well... I don't really need like the special effect. I mean, there's there's a few special effects in there. That's mostly what the movie's about. But it's about a person who, you know, needs to change his life and needs to do something instead of just being cooped up all the time. And why are you looking at me when you say that? I don't know. <laughs> I, I just I'm, I'm because talking because you never go anywhere. That's you not true. Go anywhere. That's right. So um, you like the movie? I, true, I really did. I mean, again, I didn't expect anything from it. I just I left having a good feeling from the movie. I'm not going to say, hey, you know, if you don't want to go, if you don't want to go to the theater and go see it, that's fine. Wait for it on DVD or whatever. But I had a, I had a damn good time watching, it and I was happy when I left. Hmm. It just made me think about 
the stuff if I'm sitting on my couch at home, what I could be doing instead. I have a feeling that maybe the movie I take the kids to Christmas Day. Yeah, I, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing you know, R-rated about it. I mean, there's, you know, there's adult situations and stuff like that. But it's really, it's a really good kind of family fun kind of film, and I would recommend that. So. I've never seen the original movie either. Danny Kay. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I read the Thur- book. I never, I never knew there was another film. I never knew that was a book. Well, it's, it's James Thurber, who's a cartoonist slash writer. Um, well, actually, one of the things I love to do performance-wise, and one of the few things I do well performance-wise, is read his book, the uh, his short story, The Unicorn in the Garden, which is just this dead-on hilarious fable, modern fable, mm. and it's just, yeah. I mean, he just, I cannot, I love the way he turns words. Yeah, I'd go see this movie. I mean, I would recommend it to any person who it just needs, like, one of those movies, like, to feel good <laughs> for a, a time being. Like, if they really need something to lift their spirits, I think this could be that movie. Now, I, I just made mm-hmm. a plot connection, too, as you were talking. It occurred to me before, but um, uh, UHF. Yeah, well, it oh, argu- yeah. arguably has some Walter Mitty to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love UHF, too. That movie is still, is, it's still a classic to me. I mean, it's oh, a yeah. cult classic, but it's like, it's... One of those movies you can think back to vividly and remember damn near every sketch in that film. Surprise! <laughs> I oh, it's surprise. A good <laughs> I actually saw UHF um, as a sneak preview. You know, we're talking about sneak previews. You know, months before it came out in the theaters, and was so excited about it and had a blast with it. And I was telling all my friends about it, and then suddenly we had that. Summer full of blockbusters. What between Batman? Yeah, Indy, it was right? like, yeah, it was yeah. Batman and uh, like Lethal Weapon two. It just it was like a long list of like summer blockbusters that that year. And uh, and of course, half of my friends never went to see it just because they were like, "Well, I'm gonna go see this instead. I'm gonna go see this." And like, it's like, "Oh, go see UHF and then go see this." <laughs> I'm not gonna say who it was, but the two people I saw it with initially in the theaters. Decided they'd be a great movie to do whippets to. Oh, so Jesus. I was a sober person next to two people doing whippets watching UHF. That couldn't have been annoying at all. No, no. <laughs> so amidst amidst the talking about the screening films, I mean, I've, I've seen some notable screeners in my lifetime, but there was one in particular that really just pissed me the fuck off. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. Okay. So, and it's not the movie itself that pissed me off. It's what happened uh, at the end of the movie. It's what pissed me off. So you, I'm assuming most of you in this room or all of you have seen Freddy vs. Jason. Yes. yes. I haven't, but it won't hurt my feelings to have you talk about it. Saw opening weekend. Okay. Yeah, so so, so I, I was at the press Dumb conference, movie. and mm-hmm. they gave us, you know, like the press conference that you now see on DVD. I was there, like my hands on the stage, right? So they give you the tickets to go see the movie like a month later or so, like before it comes out. We go to the movie. It's the entire movie up until the ending where it cuts it off and says, uh, to see the remaining 30 seconds, you're going to have to see it in the theater. To see who won? Yeah, oh, to see wow. who won. And I was like, are you kidding me? Well, didn't they do a clue with that one? Did they did they it. Have, well, it just showed had, like some guy getting out of the water, no, 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 but no. it stopped it at that point. No, but I mean, they did it like the clue of the movie. Like some people saw Jason win. Some people saw no, Freddy win. No, they, they just didn't make cut two- off. Are you sure they didn't? I know not during the screener, no. but I thought they made two endings. No, they just did one ending. They just did one, one Really? Yeah. But during one the screener, that would make everybody happy. Yeah. They just cut it off during the screener. I didn't even see the ending, and I was thoroughly pissed. I was like, as much as I want to go see this in the theater again, I don't want to go see it and pay all that money for 30 seconds. Well, I remember them talking about, though, 
I mean, I, I get your I get your anger definitely from that. But I think they were talking about adding Ash to the ending. Um, that was uh, rumored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was rumored. But that was actually something that was going into production. That movie did so well mm-hmm. that they were going to do Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. A guy did write the screenplay for it, and then they decided to to nix it. That screenplay was turned into the comic book, so if you want to see what that movie would have been, you right. can get that comic. Now, bringing up Ash, and a lot of people aren't aware of this because they didn't, uh, some people, I mean, most of us nerds have seen all the Evil Dead, mm-hmm. I yes. assume, okay. right? Right. And you've seen the new one, yes? I have not yes. seen the new one. I haven't but... seen the new one still. Okay, so, but it's out on, it's out, and it's... New one's not I still it's don't not, understand. It's not a spoiler, right? So I still don't understand what those movies have to do with tennis, but... <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. Fair enough. Um, so basically what a lot Starring of people... Starring Arthur Ashe. <laughs> nice. That's what I thought. But is that not what those movies are about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it exactly is. what it is. Arthur Ashe is in a cabin. I swallow your ball. I swallow your ball, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, wait, that's, that's, that's a different movie. Exactly. Yeah. So oh, that's one of Paul's movies. <laughs> Here's an interesting thing that a lot of people aren't aware of. Pay to see Everybody... <laughs> Good fucking money. <laughs> but then it gets real tragic because it turns out AIDSy. <laughs> Oh wow, that's, that's the happened. monster in the trees. Yeah, that's the monster yep. in the woods. Yeah. The the beast. Yeah. Thirty love. It's until very, you catch AIDS. <laughs> it's very allegorical. <laughs> I remember again. Is Denzel starring in this version. Yep, too? Denzel yep. stars as Arthur Ashe. He's growing his fro out, putting on some glasses. Nice. Anyway, so you were you were yes, saying? Sorry. Um. So basically, most. I didn't land on Wimbledon. Wimbledon landed on me. <laughs> so basically, most people who have seen. Evil Dead, or the reason they haven't seen Evil Dead is because they believe it to be a remake. And it is 100% not a remake. And most people don't understand that going in. And the reason why it's not a remake is for one very specific reason that people seem to just forget. So at the end of this film, she burns down the cabin, or the cabin burns itself, right? Or this one is, uh, I think I might have it mixed up, but point being... um, this one is the continuation of the story. So at the end of this new version, the cabin burns down. The cabin is basically the same cabin where the first three took place. Mm-hmm. This is just, this is like a continued story. It's not a remake. Yeah. The Ash stuff happened before, before her, before she even got to the cabin. Right. So that's why all this stuff happens. And just then, like Amityville. Exactly. Well, and then we said on this show that they're, you know, uh, Raimi is going forward with doing his sequels and the two universes are supposed to merge right that's why so. at the end of interesting at the at the end of it i mean you had like that what five seconds of bruce at the end of the credit i didn't catch that really i don't recall that I'm yeah he comes on it. and says like after the entire credits have rolled he just comes up and is like groovy baby huh. <laughs> i sat through the credits i don't remember I don't know if that's fan service or not really when it comes down to it Oh, hi, hi, it's me, Bruce Campbell. Groovy baby, go home. <laughs> Bruce Campbell here, everybody. Go the fuck home. Hey, if chins could kill, baby. You still here? Go. Shoo. All right, let's, let's get this show going. Right. News. You don't give a shit about. You'll see. Yeah. This one This one just made me shake my head. Oh, oh uh, my last little geek thing I met, everybody that's following me, I'm sorry. Castle Grayskull came in. So oh, shit. Awesome. There it is. And it is as terrible. I, as you know what? Oh, it, it's awesome. I'm just, I haven't even opened it. I have to say, the picture of you with Grayskull mm-hmm. is the most prime example of human joy I have ever seen. Well, in a, what was in a really photograph. funny. Was really but he hasn't funny. opened the box. He just yeah. said. So well, but maybe it won't be. Because it's still perfect. You can have joy. <laughs> right. 
yeah. with holding a box. Did and you, you can see, see I, it. You can see it. I had my battle cat. I got the Xbox One off of eBay, and it was just a picture. I had my battle cat shirt on. I had my Battle Cat shirt on. I was in my jammies. It was really a very, this moment, it was very funny. My friend Erin, she saw the picture and she was like, I almost wanted to caption on that. I wish anything could make me this happy. (laughs) 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 It's true. It's true. He's funny because he's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was was pretty overjoyed. Yeah. It's a glorious picture. So how long before you deflower that box? Uh, it'll be a little while because it's going to take a room restructuring for that motherfucker to fit anywhere. I keep telling you, get, get a little table out in the front room or something. And Christ, expand. no. Expand. No. Expand, brother. Those, expand. Uh, those are the places where the dogs have their terrible cancer-ridden diarrhea. I'm going to keep my room clear. <laughs> diarrhea, diarrhea is Everywhere in the house? Buttercups is. Oh, okay. Actual she had herself. She had, yeah, she had, uh, she has this? lymphoma. Yeah, I tested it. It passed the smell test. Oh, Jesus. She you had know lymphoma. What smells it like? Smells yeah. like cancer. You never smell cancer? <laughs> you know, aren't there dogs that can smell cancer? Right? Supposedly. Might, see? I've heard about Major that, mascot yeah. in my back. Supposedly, goes to 80s Jeff. Supposedly. All right. <laughs> Supposedly, we landed on the moon. Supposedly, corn grows blue. Whatever. All right. Um, there is so, blue corn. Oh, there. Great. Yeah. She had lymphoma on her shoulder. She has lymphoma through her system, but she had a mass on her shoulder. We got that down. The swelling was gone. She went into remission for about two months, and then now it's back, and she's got stuff in her colon and it's bad so it's moved and and yes yeah, so now she's shitting some cancer and stuff it's it's good times it's good times poor dog yeah. she's all right she's not in terrible pain we're gonna get her back on a new set of treatment starting tomorrow but uh yeah my heart I feel goes bad out to for you because uh my dog one of our dogs just died earlier this year and he, we had they had to have the whole the uh surgery um it's very bad. So it sucks. Yeah, it it's it's it. There's nothing worse than a pet going through it because with a human, you can at least rationalize it with them and talk to them. Like, hey, would you you want to go through some more uh, therapy? You want to go and get uh, all this shit going down? You want to just call it a day? What do you want to do? You know what I mean? Like, you can't. T- I mean, she's still pretty much her happy-go-lucky self most of the time, except when she's shitting uncontrollably. Your dog just always goes, "Why? Why?" Exactly right. But that's the thing. You can't you can't talk to them. You can't know how how they're really feeling. You know, so it's it, it it makes it extra hard, and that's my wife's best pal, second to me, I would hope. But uh, you know, it's it's hard to see her going through it. Who the fuck are you? Exactly. <laughs> no, trust me, trust me. I have a picture on my phone of both the dogs on my side of the bed next to the wife. The whole my bed is just it's just the dogs and the wife. There have been a couple of days where I have just hit the couch because I I mean part of it's just I just want Buttercup to be comfortable. Exactly, and so I just go hit the couch if because I'm up late anyway. But uh, yeah, they they own. The yeah, bed. But it's it's exactly. <laughs> I don't want to move like when the cat's on me or like near me. Yeah, or you or even a dog. We have another dog too. It's just you can't move the pet. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they they rule. They rule the roost. You can, you can move them. They're you, just pet. You They're can. Just an animal. Yeah. Kick them, kick you can't. Them, move. No. I mean, I know your animal's sick and all, and I get that. But yeah. That's when they're all. not sick, you can move them. Oh, when yeah. they're not sick, yeah. Yeah. And, and pirate. Because guess what? You're higher yeah. on the food chain. Yeah. Pirate is <laughs> pirate is uh, real easy to sleep with. He's, I'm he's, just he's, saying, he's post-apocalyptic cozy. world, push comes to shove, you're eating that cat. Post, po- post-apocalyptic yep. world, I'm out before they are. Well, that, well yeah. But I'm just saying, anybody who survives and doesn't kill themselves afterwards... Yeah, we have other than Paul. Dog. Buttercups do. We have our dogs uh, numbered in order of eating. <laughs> <laughs> that one goes first. This one keeps a little longer. Which one's first? 
Uh, the uh, the uh, Samson goes first. Is he shitty? What's a Samson? No, he's just yappy and. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Post apocalyptic world, you don't want a yappy dog. You don't dog. want a yappy no. dog. You just could give away your location. Yeah. <laughs> Think here, people. That's right. News don't give a shit about uh, Florida based political group, the National Liberty Foundation, is catching some heat uh, for posting anti immigration propaganda from Bioshock Infinite, a game that puts such forms of thinking under a microscope by fo- focusing on an isolated society, its leader, and the movement that wants to keep America pure. Uh, the group describes itself as a conservative coalition made up of citizens that identify themselves as part of the Tea Party movement. Of course. According to the Facebook page where the Bioshock Infinite propaganda appeared, the NLF wants to keep the government focused on, quote, the importance of free enterprise, limited government, fiscal responsibility, individual liberty, and American heritage, unquote. The image in question features President George Washington and the slogan, it is our holy duty to guard against the foreign hordes. This is the one with him standing, holding the Liberty Bell in the right. book, white angel on his shoulder with the multicolored throngs at his feet. Ridiculous. Uh, as, of this, uh, as of this, the question has garnered uh, 530... Uh, 355 comments, most of which, uh, to put it politely, are derogatory toward the group in question. Go figure. Of course, uh, maybe they would have rethought the whole idea of someone using someone else's propaganda if they'd actually played the game. It's pretty apparent that they didn't, or they know the propaganda they're citing was designed to be intentionally xenophobic and racist. The group within the game uh, deifies murderer John Wilkes Booth while avoiding honoring Abraham Lincoln. So, Yeah. yeah, that happened. I, I I usually think that the people on Fremont are kind of crazy, but damn, this, mm. this these Tea Party people they, yeah. I, I, they they spare no expense of crazy. I think it's an internet law called opposed law, if I remember right, where uh, the irony is missed and used for real. So it's yeah yeah, yeah. yeah they totally. That was the early days of uh, Colbert. They would there were a lot of reviews from like right winged uh, news people that were sort of like. What's he doing? He runs over to his guests and he takes a bow and like they didn't get that it was satire at first. Yeah. And Instead I think there are probably the still some in, people yeah. who don't, you know, Hilarious. which is sad. They, they don't realize Did it's you get, satire. Oh, it's like the Onion. It's the same thing. Like, yeah, I was going to say oh, people yeah. that, that latch on to Onion news so stories down. and don't realize people that it's so not down. real. Dude, a few <laughs> weeks ago I read an entire thing about people believing Onion news stories and I literally got to like, there was like 25, it might have been like 40 top hits of like, what people think that the onion is real. And I got to number 22 before I stopped and almost had an aneurysm from the stupidity I saw on that page. There's like some person legitimately said the onion is fake. No, it's fake. Like for real. Well, that's your opinion. (laughs) And I just saw that and was like, okay, I'm done. No, it's not opinion. It's fact. People don't. Yeah. A lot of, so many people don't understand the difference between fact and opinion. Are you sure that wasn't a troll just trying to keep the, it it was an entire page. I, that I, sounds like a real troll thing to say. I can't remember the other one. There's there's another website similar to The Onion, and it's less obvious about being parody. And I'm constantly having to point that out to people on that particular site. I have seen news like like where they're interviewing back and forth, and then, and then like the uh, the person conducting the interview. Well, well that's your opinion. I'm like, no, that's fact. <laughs> this is not opinion. This is fact. This has been proven, and it party. drives me absolutely crazy because it's like, oh my god. Well, that's because they've learned that if you just say that's your opinion, you don't have to be right. 
and now you've disqualified what they've said to mm-hmm. the average listener, and now right. the listener doesn't take it as fact, even if it is fact. Yeah. It's it's a tool that it's they've a, used yeah. to manipulate when, tactics. When yep. we had the uh, when we had the Mercury, which was another all week out here in Vegas, we had our own fake news section, and we for April oh, Jesus. for April first we did a um, we did a cover story about the uh, the White Mountain wine that people were from, you know spotting out in Red Rock, and there was a whole thing about this guy who's been tracking the White Mountain, and I sat there and photoshopped. <laughs> a blurry white mountain lion into pictures of Red Rock. <laughs> you know, April 1st. Yeah. Big humor section. Six, seven months later, my editor's at a uh, um, baseball game talking to somebody in the stands. And so, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh man, I love that paper. I've been, I've been trying to hunt down that white lion for the last nine months, six months. <laughs> the Game Informer. Uh-huh. One of the fun things that they do. That, that thing's pretty much just a dish rag, but because it's just it's just I mean it's it's worse than Nintendo it's Power. It's, it's GameStop advertising. It's GameStop yeah. advertising. It is. I but mean, they get some they, okay articles. They do it. get some okay articles, and they try. The guy behind it, the editor in chief, yeah. Andy McNamara, I think his heart's in the right place. Sure, hands are obviously guys, tied. That's it. You know, that's it. They are they, so corporate. They are quite sponsored. beholden to their corporate masters. For being so beholden to their corporate masters, I applaud them for getting away with as much as they do. I know that they run up against it all the time. But their game in Farcer that they do. And, man, some funny stuff. People are (laughs) retarded. People are retarded. I mean, gamers in general get a bad rap for being... I I guess I'm getting... I know I'm getting really old, but... When I was in line to pick up my Saints Row Deluxe Edition late at night, that's the first time I've really questioned what the, the, hell are you the, doing? the quote-unquote community of gamers <laughs> that I like to uh, defend. Defend. Who are these people I call my peers? Right, right. I was like, wow, I, I can smell my peers. My <laughs> peers smell like asshole. This is gross. But for all these stinky, unwashed troglodytes there was one guy in line when we were picking up the saints row thing who was dressed in a pinstripe suit with a purple shirt and sunglasses <laughs> and a phone tricked out with the saints row music on it nice it was excellent. i love that. so there's the you know best. there's a couple people that know what the fuck they're doing but god damn god damn it don't you just love when people play up the stereotype and they don't even realize they're playing up the stereotype. Ugh. Every time I go to Comic-Con, you know, you sit in the crowds and you're just sitting there going, where the fuck is that stink coming from? Uh. And and then you look around and you see there's like four or five other people trying to locate yeah. the source. Yeah. Well, and then there's and probably then there's, like 20 possible culprits. And then you kind of narrow it down and there's some oblivious dumbass just staring at the stage going, oh, and clapping. And, and, and they're wearing the stereotypical like glasses and yep. stuff. And you're just like, really, like, dude? You are rotting. You are your... you are what give the rest yeah. of us a bad reputation. What give? Your pits and crotch are rotting. It's the 400-pound guy in the cardboard Transformer costume. Mm, yeah, and it's not always, be. though. Not always. Not always. Sometimes just it's because a, skinny... a guy's big doesn't mean he doesn't have good hygiene. Yeah, in fact, some, some big people have better hygiene than some of the skinnier Amen. ones at Comic-Con. Amen. I would like to say that I have great hygiene. I smell good. You can't smell me, but I, smell I would good. like to say that I have great hygiene. My butt will tell you otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have really good hygiene, except for when I poop. You're excused. Like yeah. Right now, go. Right now. Yeah. No, okay. don't tell him to go right now. Oh, no. Oh, I clear the room. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Oh, I, too late. 
<laughs> it looks like Paramount Pictures is developing a reboot of their comedy franchise, The Naked Gun. What? Boo! <laughs> Boo! Wait till you hear what all-star cast is lined up for it. I'm already booing because do I you, don't care. Yeah, who do you think is going to be uh, the lead? You're well, going to cry yourself. The original films were based on the 82 ABC spoof series Police Squad, which was canceled after six episodes. The studio has cast Ed Helms. Uh, from The Hangover, as the lead role of Fra- uh, Detective Frank Drebin, who was previously played by Leslie Nielsen. Uh, studio also hired Thomas Lennon and R. Ben Garant to write the script for the film. They are best known for writing Night at the Museum. And that's where Thomas Lennon's best known for writing Night at the Museum? Not, say... Not being Officer Dangle? Yeah, yeah. Reno 911. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah. I have their book. They've made stupid money, but they sold their souls. Oh, that that's uh that's a uh, I got that book, but it seems like a real interesting fun read. I'm ready. Thomas Lennon. It's a tough read. Is it? It's a tough read. Basically it says, you know, you yeah, Thomas Lennon and, and, and Ben Garant, their writing partners have been forever, you know, from you know, the the state days all the way up through Reno and all this stuff. They have made a lot of money making some really shitty movies. Now it's not all their fault, of course. You know, the script right. that you write and the movie that comes out at the other end can be different things. Yeah. Oh yes. But it really is. The book is pretty much just like, okay, move to L.A., sell your soul, and just write all the time. And it's just like, I don't think I want to live that life. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very. I mean, I I admire them for the sacrifices they've made, but then I look at the sum total of what comes out, and it's like, eh, I don't know. I think I'll. I think I have. I I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm lazy. I'm lazy, I guess. But I'm also of the opinion that you can do a lot in your own small sphere rather than everybody moving to L.A. and trying to change that machine. I, you know what? I wouldn't mind seeing that movie. I, haven't I don't seen, like Ed Helms. That's my problem. I haven't seen any of those movies after the first one. But what would make me see this one is they managed to pull off a cameo with a, by O.J. Yeah. Oh my God! Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Nordberg. There'll, there'll have to be a, a joke because it doesn't have to necessarily be a. There'll have to be a Nordberg joke. Nah. It doesn't necessarily have to be a reboot. It's just a continuation of. It could be, but yeah. I don't think that's worth. Son they're of Drebin. I don't know. It'll be a reboot. He won't. It won't be anything. He'll be just Frank Drebin. They could have some Frank kind Drebin. of memorial picture of Nordberg on the wall. But I think Ed, Ed Helms could pull that off, and I think Lennon and I just don't those like guys. Ed Helms. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think he could do this at all. And I, granted, I mean, it's it's kind of like Sacred Ground with Leslie Nielsen. That movie. I mean, if they even tried to remake Airplane, I'd be booing him the same way. Oh yeah, Airplane. I I think there's less. I have more of a feeling that way with Airplane. You don't I feel always, the same way about Naked Gun. Naked Gun's a great movie. It's a lot of fun. But they made what three or four of them? Three. three. And 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 they made three, three and airplanes. And yeah, thirty-three and a half. Thirty-three I don't know. It's just Naked Gun. I just. I mean, Ed Helms is not the perfect choice. Part of what made Leslie Nielsen work was that for so many years he, he used to be guy, a yeah. serious yeah. actor. Yeah, he still know, carried that gravitas. All those mm-hmm. serious, you know, Airport seventy six or whatever the name of that movie is, and all those like serious, like he was in the original Poseidon Adventure, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I believe so. So I mean, it's like he had that gravitas, like you say. Yep. And Ed Helms doesn't have much gravitas, so on that end, eh, that's what I mean. It's yeah. not. It's I don't buy. I don't buy anything he does. I don't buy anything he does. What for whatever reason, there's something about his style that I'm just like, you are acting. I think well, he just yeah, tries too hard. That to might be, be funny. it. I don't know what it is. Well, it's, it's just that, it's that new like thing with the comedians where they they don't just 
act in a silly situation, they have to be silly in a silly situation. They don't trust the material uh, or the, their character or anything. Yeah, I got a it's, feeling it's going to be really winky to the audience. That's yeah. it. It's just too much nod and handshake. Wakaduka, yeah. Wakaduka. In fact, uh, that was the thing that was striking me. There, I was flipping through the channels, and I, I can't even remember which Eddie Murphy film it was. It was one of the more recent ones. I want to say it was the one with the tree, the, the thousand words. Golden Child. No, yeah. but like I'm recent. flipping through it, and I caught like 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 five ten minutes of it, and I realized the difference between the Eddie Murphy we grew up with and the Eddie Murphy now is that Eddie Murphy back then was just being himself, and then. You know the comedy would ensue instead of now. Eddie Murphy is trying to be comic Eddie Murphy in the films, where it's it's like a role he's playing in the films as opposed to just you know I being, think being the character. It gets hard as an actor in general. I'm sure. I mean, look at Jack Nicholson. You can't watch Jack Nicholson movie without going. There's Jack being Jack. Yeah. You so know, funny. and even De Niro, who is amazing. Yeah. There's still a lot of movies you watch De Niro and you go, "Ah, eh, it's just De Niro being De Niro." Uh, because he's become so, you just know right. that person so well that that it's is a testament to their talent, and it's yeah. also a, a, a curse yeah, but, and hard for them I mean, to get out of. But some the of them thing, are able I'm, to do it. But I'm yeah. sitting there, and I'm like, he's like, he's trying too hard. You know, I'm, I'm remembering really back hard. to you know. I actually watched that movie, Thousand Words. He tries really hard that movie to be. Yeah. And, I haven't seen and, that one because I'm, I'm an flashing HBO back. Only made for HBO movie. Oh, that he did like last year. It wasn't an HBO. Just it was theatrically film. released. It was theatrically released. Oh, was it? Was, it it yeah. wasn't in the theaters very long. Oh, okay. Well, then it went like straight yeah, to HBO. It, it, it went fast. But I mean, because I'm, I'm I'm, I was sitting there flashing back to uh, Beverly Hills Cop while I'm watching this and going, these are two totally different Eddie Murphys here. I mean, this, also, is, I think this is Eddie Murphy <laughs> acting in air quotes, and the other one was just Eddie Murphy so Living the role, he was. He was in the role. You're afraid that Nordberg's going to be Norbit. No, 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 I'm. I'm just. I'm. I'm just trying to, to address what Paul was saying about Ed Helms. You're yeah. right. He does kind of. He he's goofy in the role. And um, my dad, when he was telling me about when he saw Airplane for the first time, and and how funny it was seeing Leslie Nielsen and Robert Stack in the roles that they were in yeah. because they were dead serious in those roles. They weren't trying to be goofy. Yep. The goofiness was because here are two serious actors that had been in a lot of serious movies. Those exact movies that that movie's parody. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, and and they're just being the types of roles that they had played in the past. And then there's insanity around them that they're ignoring. And that's what made them kind of like the de facto straight man yeah. slash goofy person in that scene have you ever seen the movie that airplane is based on uh it, there's space there's several there's a uh, zero hour zero there's hour. airport uh yeah i've, I've seen them all i, I mean, did a report zero hour they actually took direct yeah lines of dialogue oh yeah so much so that they had to give the um they credit. basically bought the rights to zero hour and and and, and gave them credit <laughs> i did a i did a paper on that in film school and i had to actually watch zero hour it's a tough watch oh, I love it. so i've seen only pieces of it but, but the line i mean they're dead exact yeah, lines a lot of the lines in that film i mean they they borrowed from like several other movies too but that's that is the one that it's most based on and it is uncanny the number of lines that they take out of that film but are funny in airplane in, in kind of the, the straight delivery, but in Zero Hour, it's just kind of boring. Right. You're just kind of like, oh, God. Airplane is 
a brilliant movie. It really is. It's so layered. And I think it's, it, I think it's one of the all-time great comedies. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'd say so. And Back that's really the... what I discovered when I did this when I did this research paper. Is I had to go through and and watch it again through I love different that you eyes. Did a research paper on airplane. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah. Back to the point at hand, though. Hilarious. Ed Helms can suck it. <laughs> okay. There we go. Fair enough. <laughs> that's that's all Helms. I have to say about Ed that. Helms can suck. Saying he's flexible. No, yeah. he's yeah, he's not very good in the office. No. And I just saw We're the Millers. I, I think me and my girlfriend, we saw that in the theater. And I loved the film. And then here he is on screen. I'm like, you make me want to hate this movie now. <laughs> I'm kind of that way with, uh, what's his ass, um, Seth Rogen, though, too. Oh, yeah, I can't stand that. He's so hit or miss. I don't get it with Seth Rogen. I don't get why I saw him in that, 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 that movie 50-50, and he was really good in it. I don't that's think because he's that's ever a really made movie. me laugh. Well, sure, and I like. I, said, I think it just depends on the material. But. I th- no, I think what it is is that society, when it comes to films and certain casts, we're honestly at every pass we're getting people who we don't want shoved down our throats as much. I mean, granted, uh, uh, what's what's the writer Judd Apatow? I mean, he writes some hilarious stuff, mm-hmm. but it's just getting monotonous, and it's getting so monotonous that it's like every film, it's like the same thing. It's the same way, I guess, that they were doing with Kevin and Jay. You know, Jay and Silent Bob and Ken Smith for the longest time. You know, Jay and Kevin would do the exact same thing, but they at least had like a different storyline along the way and something that was interesting. They were a bit players in larger Mel Brooks stories. was the same way. Yeah, used Mel a lot of the same, same actors, used a lot of the same jokes, did them over and over again, but just <laughs> found different environments to do them in. Right. He was more clever about how he did it. You know, this is just does not seem like the same kind of like that same route. It does not feel that way at all. Well, I, gotta, I, I saw Seth Rogen in Green Hornet. And he wasn't as bad as I expected oh, to be. Terrible. Well, that movie oh, was no, just I'm horrible. Saying, I'm not saying it wasn't awful. I, it's made me to be really freaking awful. It's Worst casting ever for anybody to play. Without question, they they would have been better to cast me in that fucking role. <laughs> for a variety of reasons, would I have been Actually, better? I might, you, you're, you're absolutely right about that. It's just like, God damn, why is that guy that guy? <laughs> Paul could have played a better Cato. <laughs> yeah, just everything about it. I would have loved to see Paul would have nailed the accent. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> Hang on, Green Hornet. I'm coming. No, forget about it. Fix There's the car. Over here. Just fix the car. Well, you mean fix, fix the car. That might have been the only That's good part of that movie. Job. You keep the car going, and then we can solve crimes, all right? Okay. You kick ass when we're on I'm the I'm going to go get a wrench. Because I'm a bumbling rich fool who has no skills at all. That's right. I'm the and one. And you're a real I'm superhero. I'm a real hero. It's like they wanted to make it like the, uh, uh, what is that old Sherlock Holmes where Watson's the actual the detective you ever oh, seen that one they do that? Sherlock yeah. Holmes they smarter brother Sherlock no. the real bumbler yeah Michael uh, Michael Caine I think is yeah. Sherlock Holmes he's mm-hmm. bumbling it's a delightful movie and I can't remember the name maybe the real Sherlock Holmes or something like that Holmes and Watson or something like that but they it seemed like they wanted to do that with that Green Hornet let's make Cato the real but they didn't have the balls to actually follow through on it or make it interesting it was just the best part of that movie, movie was the car without question it was a bad movie there's a lot of money thrown into a bad movie Whatever, honest, there's, there's a lot of money thrown into every movie. Have, bat, have money thrown at them. That's, they just can't wrap their story around. So. Right. I, I uh, still don't understand a math. We can throw that much money in a movie and make it that bad. I'm really surprised that this story got this much legs. <laughs> <laughs> what was the story? <laughs> just that, that there's a the reboot of Naked. Of oh, well, yeah, yeah we went down seven tangents. Of, exactly. You're in a room full of nerds and mostly cinephiles. I mean, it's going to happen where you get pissed off. That was a lot of tangents. That so, wasn't about the story. No, I'm, I'm impressed, really. So let's let's continue on. Weekend Geek! Dave. I don't know. There seems to be more gold in the news we don't give a shit about. Maybe we should just stay there. <laughs> uh, you ever heard of the Las Vegas Garden, Guardian Express? Yeah. No. 
Uh, report the by the Las Express. Vegas sorry, Guardian what? Express. Oh, the Guardian Express. It's is a newspaper. It's not really a paper, but yeah. yeah. The Garden Express is a Chinese place. Yeah. That so they, they do great. Yeah. They'll deliver anywhere in town mm. within oh, 10 minutes. Oh, man, I want some Chinese food. But where do they live? Fuck, I mean, I'm going to get some Chinese matter. food tonight. God anywhere damn it. in town. If Garden Express. Within this is 10 a real minutes, place. you'll yeah. have Chinese they food. Use, uh, I need some Chinese food. If you're right telling now. us. No, sorry. If you're telling a story from the Guardian Express, they didn't write it. Yeah. Here we go. Wow. They claim that Disney Chief Financial Officer Jay Razzullo. At an investors conference at Disney stockholders uh, in Beverly Hills, uh, made it clear that Star Wars spinoff films, which are tentatively scheduled to come out between installments of the new trilogy, will consist mainly of prequel origin tales. Rasulo added that the first of these films will be out in 2016 and will focus on the adventures of a young Han Solo in his early days as a smuggler before becoming part of the Rebel Alliance against the Galactic Empire. Which we've heard about before. If Solo's movie hits box office pay dirt, it will be followed in 2018 and 2020 by movies about Yoda and Boba Fett, respectively. Now, Rosalo didn't offer up any other details on the Solo film, and it should be noted that the Guardian Express didn't quote him directly. Uh, but his comments would seem to jibe with earlier speculation about the spinoff movies and what they'll contain. The other thing he did note was that while there was no expense will be spared for the new Star Wars trilogy, uh, the 2015 film, uh, Disney hopes to make the origin movies on a tighter budget. And on, and on the other hand, Disney CEO Robert Iger did say that the Han Solo origin story is being written by Lawrence Kasdan, who co-wrote uh, Empire Strikes Back and is co-writing Episode 7 with J.J. Abrams, and will take place in the 20 years that pass between Episodes 3 and 4 of Star Wars. I, I really do enjoy misquotes from journalism, just proving how stupid some people really are. Um, there was an article a long time ago, and actually we, you've, you're privy to this article. Uh, Chris Christofferson was uh, interviewed by this person named Corinne Musgrave. Topical. <laughs> still alive. <laughs> you're right. He is still, still alive. Touche. Touche. If you have to point out that the person is still alive, then yes, it's very topical. <laughs> I'm going to bash you with my microphone right now. <laughs> Go okay, ahead. For no, most please, of you who please, don't know Keep who us Chris, on the pulse. Yeah. Keep it. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, this individual interviewed Chris Christopherson, and, like, the newspaper came out, and... I the really whole newspaper came out? No, fuck The you. whole newspaper? First of all, all newspapers, very topical. Yes. <laughs> this, this thing I feel your out. pain, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> he does this to me all the this, time. This, this article came out. No, not spared. And basically, Chris read the article. Yes. And there's, uh, there's a framed version that I, I, I have at my job and uh, where basically Chris took this article and basically took a black marker Read the whole thing and was like, okay, ridiculous, not wrote on the pic, ridiculous, not true. This is the moral of the fucking story here. And then like only ill-equipped interviewers at the bottom, basically blasting this interviewer for fucking up the entire thing. All right. I wish he would have done that more. <laughs> Sorry, that was very off topic. <laughs> no, no, that's... Hey, hey, Chris uh, Christopherson, guys. <laughs> we got, you'd be surprised the percentage of Chris Christopherson cross traffic Ugly Couch Show gets. That's true. Now, not as much as, uh, never mind. I will say we did get a leak about the title of the Yoda oh, project. Yeah? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't going to share this. The but. Wars in the Stars movie, this is. <laughs> 
That's not bad. That's, that's and not I think bad at all. Thanks for the title. Thank it's you. It's no Chris Christopherson, <laughs> but it well, is very Christopher Cross. Who is? <laughs> Christopher Cross, that's who I was thinking of. Now that's topical. <laughs> I know you and I like wrestling. We're about to have a TLC match right here. Oh, Lord. I, I get to be T-Buzz. You know who's doing the theme music to the wow, Boba Fett? Wow, you're such a dick. The theme music to the Boba Fett movie will be Criss Cross. They'll be doing all the music for the not, Boba Fett movie. Not anymore, it won't be. <laughs> It'll be that, no, one it, member of Criss Cross and one member of Millie I can Millie see Millie. why I was gone for two weeks. If, Chris, <laughs> if it's Criss Cross, then it's going to be the Boba P-H-A-T movie. Well, Boba Fat. <laughs> well, Chris Chris Christopherson was one of the Chris Cross members. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Long lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See how I brought it all back together like that? Nice. Good, beautiful. Topical. <laughs> <laughs> We're nothing if not topical. That was one sentence, huh? That's uh, <laughs> that So this is, next thing is from a uh, actual PR release from Sony Pictures. Uh, Sony Pictures Entertainment, in association with Marvel Entertainment, is developing several new projects in the Spider-Man franchise with Alex Kurtzman, Roberta Orsi, Jeff God Pinkner, damn it, guys. Ed Leave Solomon, something alone. and Drew Goddard to collaborate. Under the details, the studio announced that Kurtzman and Orsi and Pinkner are writing the spree- screenplay for Amazing Spider-Man 3, which the studio hopes Webb will return to direct. The film will go into production next fall for release on June 10th, 2016. In addition, the team will build on the cinematic foundation laid in the first two movies. They will expand the franchise as Kurtzman and Orsi... Build your house on stone, not sand, guys. I gotta find it. (laughs) Is that a biblical reference from you? Yeah. I grew grew up pretty hardcore indoctrinated. This biblical reference is bullshit because the new Spider-Man movie kicks ass. Kurtzman, what are you talking about? (laughs) First, I'm going to finish this and then you can have that discussion. Uh, Kurtzman, Orsi, and Solomon will write the screenplay for Venom. Which surprise, Kurtzman, surprise! Which Kurtzman will direct. Also, Goddard will write, with an eye to direct, The Sinister Six, focusing on the villains of the franchise. Oh, yes, man, right man, there. Man. That's This is the all-leading era where it's going to happen. <laughs> the Sinister Six. This is where we're going to go with it. I didn't even see Good the luck. second Spider-Man. But the well, Sinister Six is not out until the right? summer. I haven't either. No one's seen it. No one's Topical. Seen it. Chris Cross got, got to see an early preview of it. <laughs> Chris Christopherson's in it. He's Chris Cross is in it. Chris Christopherson will be playing Chris Venom. Christopherson does the cover of the Spider-Man song. Hey, He-Man boy, uh, yes. you do know that uh, <laughs> the, the last that. Spider-Man movie made more than any He-Man movie made. <laughs> what does that got to do with it? That does anyway? not surprise me. I just want to... It's hey, not topical hey, anymore because hey, I don't care. I am, I am a Spider-Fan numero uno. I, I am a, a huge hardcore dyed-in-the-wool Spider-Man fanatic. But I despised that movie. I thought Andrew Garfield did an amazing job. I thought it's fascinating how your hatred for that movie has gotten stronger. Ha- I was and thinking the same thing over time. Well, I, re- I went to see it with you. I remember yeah. we went that first night. I was disappointed that night, but you weren't nearly no. As it's got, well, it's it's grown on me. Visceral as, as you as, are yeah. to to this well, day. It's, well, it's because I just see they're already going to the multiple villains bullshit route. It's just going to be garbage. No, this isn't this isn't the Sam Raimi bullshit that we saw. Uh, the Sam Raimi, the second Spider-Man movie is the Spider-Man Well, the second Spider-Man one, movie. yes, is, of course. It's the best one out of the three. And I mean, and as far as I'm concerned, that's pretty great. If if only we could have had Andrew Garfield be Spider-Man in two, I'd never need to, to see another Spider-Man movie of, in my uh, life. What's his ass? Instead of Tobey Maguire, yeah. But I think they're headed in the right direction with this. We'll see. I mean, I, I'm hopeful. I hope it gets better. Well, Spider-Man 2, it's, uh, it's Alfred that makes that movie awesome. 
Yes, Alfred Molina. Yeah. I thought you were going to say like Alfred the Butler. No, no. So did I. Yeah. That's what I swear, the first thing <laughs> I, I said. Your, I was like, Todd, Master Parker, let's go down into the spider cave. <laughs> he makes that, but he makes that movie. Remember that fucking toy? What was that toy from? Remember that toy with the spider with cave? The, yeah, yeah, saying he, that toy will not help. Don't you remember that? Was that me? Who was that? Oh my God, I'm losing my mind. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Can you, you elaborate? Just now? <laughs> just now you that, say you're losing your mind. Was that on the show? Are you referring to a spider cave? There was a toy. Okay. We, that we talked that about either a, on the show a little more detail or it was it was basically it was a Spider-Man figure but the back of the card had Batman on it and it was all fucked up story of 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 fuck I got it I read it it was oh I'm looking it up so there was some horrible like misprint up. where a Batman back cover got put like on a, a Japanese but it's, toy but it's, or yeah it's like, like it was like a fucking crazy oh, okay so like do you some, remember this i don't remember you guys don't remember this no, i'm gonna find remember. it and i'm gonna read it because it's so goddamn funny we'll move Pretty on sure to the next story dream you had no, while you're nope. looking nope. this will take him a while to find this might take me a minute uh deadline reported monday that a new deal is in the works for sandman with joseph gordon levitt finalizing an agreement to produce the flick for warner brothers alongside david goyer Neil Gaiman, who is in the midst of writing a new Sandman prequel story, Overture, retweeted Levitt's statements on his own Twitter page, seemingly confirming they are indeed collaborating and using the word prelude as a hashtag, quite likely a reference from uh, Preludes and Nocturnes, which is the first collected volume of Gaiman's beloved Sandman comic book run. That is going to be a real hard one to uh, um, adapt because the Preludes and Nocturnes relies heavily on the... DC Pantheon. Uh, yeah, but it's not. I don't think it's necessary to the story. I mean, yeah, Batman makes an appearance and so on, but the original Sandman makes an appearance. Uh, but uh, I think you can skirt around those easily enough. I mean, it's it certainly fleshes out the story well for the comic, but not necessarily making the movie of it. And of all the Sandman stories, it's probably the easiest to film of him hunting down the relics that were stolen from him. That last, the last issue of that, which is either the last issue of it's, it's in the, it's in the, the graphic novel, but the, uh, I think it's the sound of her wings. That's it. A, Where did you find that? What that, was it from? Major Mac. Major Mac coming through. What's it? Where's it on? It's just a Chinese translation of a toy they found. I found it on Happy Place. That's it. Sun That's stars. the one. We yep. re- I read this uh, some time ago, but it makes me laugh so hard. Go ahead. I'll let you read it. I'll, I'll read it. This thing fucking makes me laugh so much. All right, everybody so get ready to drink. This is the back of a Spider-Man toy. This is the back of a Spider-Man toy. There's a Spider-Man action figure in there, but it's got... Anyway, here we go. <laughs> At the top, it says, Batman Begins. When being a child, Bruce Wayne had witnessed with his own eyes the fact of the fact his parents of millionaire were killed cruelly. So affected his strong desire of revenging his parents. However, God had never given him a chance to fulfill his will. Following the advice of Ra's al Ghul, the chief of ninja group, Bruce came to Gate, which was a corrupted city filled with various crime groups. Bruce found a basement under his villa in which the equipments turned him into another person, Spider-Man. With his, with his mask, 
Spider-Man stroke all criminal activities and criminals everywhere, such as Torgon, the chief of mafia, Dr. Jack Straw, the abominable drug trafficker, even a mysterious opponent's quite familiar with him, dot, 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 dot. That's wow. That's phenomenal. We shared that before. Did I we? Fucking, yeah, I've read that before. Dude, this is the greatest. I'm that looking at it. Made me laugh great. so hard. That is the definition is of mismatch. English right there. <laughs> this, this, my favorite sentence of this is, with this mask, Spider-Man stroke all criminal activists and criminals everywhere. <laughs> like, come on, really? Thank you for finding that, Major Man. Yeah. You that, made my day. I was, made I mine. was having a... Uh, I was having a... Uh, Fruitless search. Uh, the Terminator reboot has its Sarah Connor. Amelia Clark has won the role. Clark is British and broke out in a big way, playing a uh, Darius T- uh, T- Targaryen. Targaryen, and the the first female Dothraki leader and would be ruler of Westeros on Game of Thrones. She can play whatever part she wants. Uh, the new movie is hey called. Hey, play this part right here. Yep. This wiener part. Damn Skippy. This wiener part with its balls. Finally something you and I agree on. (laughs) (laughs) The new movie is called Terminator Genesis and is being directed by Alan Taylor, who just uh, did Thor The Dark World and directed a number of Game of Thrones episodes. Uh, Clark is the second Game of Thrones cast member to play Sarah Connor. The first was Lena Headley, who plays Cersei Lannister on Game of Thrones and was Sarah in the short-lived Fox series Terminator The Sarah Connor Chronicles. As for the rest of the cast, it looks more and more likely that Jason Clark will play Sarah's son, John Connor. Well, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger will be back, as you know who. And since Jason has... Whom? Whom? Don't leave us on pins and needles. And since Jason has a few years on Amelia, seems certain that the time travel is involved, which makes it more and more likely this is a reboot, is going to be a full-on remake. He's going to bone his mom. I'm going to take a cue from Paul here in... We're going to rename this movie Terminator Genitals, not Genesis. Ah, ah, Terminator ah. Genitals opens on July 1st, 2015. There you go. Well, Terminator Geriatrics. No, Genitals. <laughs> Terminator because Geriatrics. she's going to be right. fondling my genitals. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the movie? <laughs> that is the movie. Do that, they know? It really is I, a reboot. <laughs> don't take this the wrong way, but I will not be watching that movie. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> Woo, she's going to hey, take it I the wrong to, way. I take one from him finally. <laughs> hey, oh, take it the wrong way. All that's left is the robot arm. Now you're terminated, you fucker. I think I, 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 think I would do her even with the robot arm. <laughs> uh, yeah. She's great. She's good. I don't. I don't see her as like super sexy. I just see her as really fucking cool, good actress. That's what I like about her. She yeah. has this unique uniqueness about her. That that's mob- why he wants her to fondle his balls. There you go. <laughs> yes, yes. Exactly. She likes it. She's good. Because she, she'd do good. Although she, I'd rather have her as the blonde, as Daenerys, instead of her darker hair. She doesn't really look, Her regular hair. Yeah, her regular. She doesn't really look that all that attractive. Fuck that dark hair. Whoa. whoa no, I usually am a, I usually am a sucker Roll for it her. back. Whoa. Roll it back. But I think I think Torgo was saying he would like to have sex with yeah, the hair. With just the hair. The hair. I, yeah. That, he I wants just, to fuck the hair. Fuck yeah. that hair. <laughs> some weird Boy. fetishes going on in this room. There's a what? There's some weird fetishes going on in this room. <laughs> you were here hair for the, sex, <laughs> robot arm sex. You were here for the Indi- the de- the sickly Indian penis, weren't you? Have I you was, ever yeah. listened to the show, Andy? <laughs> I don't know if that's a sexual thing more than just an True. unfortunate disease. <laughs> yeah, well. Unfortunate is, is right. Uh, yeah. 
I haven't had a Red Bull tonight, so it's not it's not there yet. Oh, no. <laughs> I would say thank your friend because I am 10 to 20% buzzed. Oh, yeah? Good, good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, Mark Miller's upcoming new comic book, Starlight, huh? will yeah, be adapted for the big screen on uh, by 20th Century Fox. The first issue of Starlight will hit stands in March. Been described as Flash Gordon meets the Dark Knight. Here's the official description. So much for retirement. Meet Duke McQueen, a man who has long since settled down and left his days of saving the universe and operating as a space hero everyone depended on. At least that's what he thought. His wife long passed and his kids off embarking on their own adventures. Duke lives a quiet, solitary life until he receives an unexpected call from a distant world calling him to action one last time. So that's coming. So after that whole Daenerys talk, I just pulled one of uh, Paul's... uh, Smurfs out over here, Smurf candies. Uh, gummy Smurf, yeah. Gummy Smurfs, and I pulled out Smurfette. So it looks like I'm going to be eating Smurfette before I do anything with Daenerys Targaryen. Well, you got to start Smurf. I already had one. <laughs> oh, so you beat me too, huh? I, I beat you too. Smurfette's the village bike. Everyone's had a ride. <laughs> well, when there's only one girl in an entire village of how many hundreds? Sure, if you want to come up with excuses. She doesn't I, have I, to be you know what's great? don't lay eggs! At least she's a 10-speed... Huh? Huh? You gotta give me that. You gotta give me that one. Huh? She may be the village bike, but I got a tire pump. Huh? Huh? You gotta give me that. No, I you don't give me that. that, one. that oh, okay, one. I should say it's more of a, a, a road repair kit. What's still, I don't I'm quite. All right, all right. I'll, I'll keep digging. Uh, you, she may be the village bike, but she got a real comfortable seat. Hey, hey, you gotta give me that. You gotta give me that. Right, right. Uh, she may be the village bike, but you can put a lot in that basket. All right. All, all right. right. Yeah. She's got a basket on the front. You can put things in it. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, 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 she might be the village bike, but that bell still rings. Hello. Hello. Let's uh, say the bike had a bell on it. Uh-huh. Okay. Man by bell, he means. <laughs> <laughs> she may be the village bike, but you put a couple of base cards in a spokes. Baseball cards in a spokes. Sounds like a machine gun. That's my cue to say I would have been here. <laughs> 10 to 50 minutes earlier, but I stopped on the way to price the giant Rasta banana for you. You priced it? I did. And it's too expensive. Oh, it's ridiculous. I know. Don't ever buy said, that thing. Uh, it's 170 but you know, it's getting... What? It's getting close to Christmas. I can take it's 30 bucks off. It's getting close to Christmas. Where is this asshole with the $170 <laughs> bullshit banana? It's seven foot tall. I seven bet- foot tall? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Now oh, Paul I'm wants to buy that. Are you fucking Where is it at? Me? I'll go buy that thing. Paul wants it now. <laughs> seven feet tall. Oh, you got it. So the one guy told me 70, 170, you could knock 30 bucks off. And then the other guy came over because I was taking a picture of it, which I'll show you later. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, a friend of mine's kind of interested in it. <clears throat> I'm well, missing something here, you know, seven foot tall. It's 150, banana. but I could knock off 30 bucks because it's close to Christmas. <laughs> How do you Just get it keep home? Going. Keep showing up. That's a hundred dollars. I can knock thirty off because it's close to Christmas. So I'm missing a story about a seven foot banana. No, a Rasta banana is one of Paul's characters. Oh, yeah, a Rasta banana. One of my five voices. It's it's, it's the Rasta banana that explains jokes that fail. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there, there's a stand. It's it's it's, it's a carnival game thing. Seven. Feet. I just yeah. can't wrap I my head around it. I didn't realize it was that big. So but it's $150 or 
620,000 tickets, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but no, there, there's a Christmas tree stand over on um, on uh, Rainbow near the 215. Oh, you know what? You really yeah, shouldn't okay. be telling people. That thing's gone in a heartbeat. It's gone already. Yeah. <laughs> Just putting it well, out you, there. You can get the uh, giant Chucky instead then, the uh, Chucky from Rugrats. I don't want a giant. Okay. Oh, gross. Well, I hope you get your banana man. Yeah, you maybe, had me excited because I thought it was going to be child's play. Seven but, feet. Yeah. T- yeah, that's what I thought too. As soon as he said Chucky, I'm like, oh, child's play. Oh, that Halloween, sounds kind of cool. It's not Halloween. Yeah. Well, I it's don't not care. anything. Well, it, it's not a rug rat. I don't Chucky. see where the banana fits in with Christmas either. Well, <laughs> so obvious. You got to admit, he's got a pretty big banana, it's though. Pretty funny. Got to give him that. It's pretty funny to say. <laughs> Merry Christmas. But yeah, I, I would have. I, I, I literally. <laughs> that I, I was. That, that looks close to it. Yeah. Uh, turn it around. I can't see shit. <laughs> Hold on. Is it seven uh, feet tall? Seven feet tall. Good God in heaven! Wow, I just found one online for one hundred and fifty dollars. But this—that's not a seven foot tall. With free shipping, does it have uh, arms and legs? Three sizes: no. sixty-six, oh, forty-eight, it. and thirty-two inches. Sixty-six—that's you know, that's big. Five feet, yeah, a little over. But yeah, I I I, I drove past it and I'm like. I'm going to tell them I saw it again, and they're going to ask what the price is. So I pulled a U-turn. <laughs> I, I just, I see, you are breaking those motherfuckers' hearts. They saw you go by and go, and then pull in and be like, I must know the price of this banana. I say, name your costs, sir, and I shall answer it. You're like, 200. This guy pulled in specifically exactly. for this. Like, yeah, right. This guy's peeling out for the banana. Ah! Probably explains 170 knocked down to 150 knocked down to whatever. He said peeling out. <laughs> like see, he peeled out like the wheels. Like for a banana. Leaving a strip of rubber on a street. But it's also just like when you eat me. <laughs> you peel it. You peel me. Can you peel me? Do you peel me, motherfucker? She might be the village bike, but she's oh. got plenty of rubber on her tire. God damn, that's huge. That's hilarious. Wow. It's, it's, is it truly? Oh, shit. Is it stuffed or is it inflatable? It looks like one of those inflatable ones. Oh, wow. that's hilarious. Wow. Holy shit. God bless America. Big there banana. are times I am proud to be an American. Yeah, and that's, that's it. One of them. And a Rasta yeah, banana, banana is one of them. That's one of them. I've got to go buy that thing now. <laughs> you do not. I have to go buy that thing. You're going to come back here after New Year's. Nobody. You're going to see it, and you're going to oh, be like, you would your shit chair. yourself. You'd be like, holy shit, it's roasted banana. <laughs> You'd have to live here. We have no room right? for, to, for that banana to live, to live here. Right? They'd have to live here because it'd have to be part of the video show. Paul doesn't even have room if you for buy it. You keep it yeah, you think I got room? <laughs> shit, I don't, man, I don't room got no room for a seven-foot banana. Ideally, you wait till he's heavily sleeping. And you put it, it in my bed. Slip it in bed with it. You creep it in my bed, he says. Yeah. How many Christmas gifts start off with, you wait till he's asleep and then you creep it in his bed. It makes for a great Christmas. Creep that in his bed, man. It's like 70% make, of them. You want to make you want to make kids' Christmas dreams come true? You Buy could. shit and creep it in their bed before they wake up. Like a lizard. Or a box of fart smell. Creep it in there before they wake up, and then they're like, "Whoa, Christmas! Holy Christmas!" That's a horse's head. Yeah. Whoa, creep that in my bed. 
you know what? I got married over the holiday and I brought my new wife home. I creeped her in the bed with the kids. I'm like, hey, wake up. It's your mom. It's your new mom. All oh, the screams. But there's a new mom. Creep it in the bed. <laughs> Creep it in the bed for credit. Your kids must be just over traumatized. <laughs> In my defense, I said sneak it in the bed, but I like creep it in the bed. You said creep it in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> I did say that. Yeah, you I said creep it in the bed. You were, you were thinking You said sneak. nothing about sneaking. I said creep it. I blame the bloody urine wine. You- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting next to you, so I know you said it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a wonderful phrase. Creep it in the bed. Hakuna Matata. Got something <laughs> wonderful phrase. <laughs> Creep it in the bed. What a wonderful phrase. <laughs> Creep it in the bed. Ain't no passing craze. <laughs> you got something creepy that you want to get on Christmas Day. It's a terrible idea, but do it anyway. Creep it in the bed. <laughs> I bought some I bought some day old donuts <laughs> and a bucket full of wine. I creeped it in the bed and I left it there to sit. Then they knocked it over in their sleep. You lost the tune somewhere. I lost it all! It's gone! The tune, the writing scheme, the whole thing. The structure. Because it's, it's hard, because it's like, it's like, it's hard, because it's, it's very Halloween, but you don't. You deserve a Grammy for that it's performance. It's not like Halloween stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to. Cre- you can creep. You, you, so you went with Christmas stuff, like day old donuts and a bucket of wine. You know, Christmas stuff. I don't know how you celebrate Christmas. Traditional Christmas items. Right? Yeah. That's my Christmas. That was my Christmas as a kid. We were fucking poor. No. You can afford, you can afford a whole bucket of wine and you were uh, poor? Well, if you, no, save, it was, if you, you save wine leftovers from your neighbors yeah. long enough, you can fill a bucket. Turned oh. out that bucket was from, from a bunch of sommeliers. Right. Exactly. <laughs> They had a wine tasting party a couple weeks prior. Let's donate this to the poor. What say? Oh, we're good sports. Spit. Um, Yeah. uh, How about some day-old donuts for them, too? Uh, You don't want to spoil them. Well, creep it in the bed. (laughs) The best Christmas ever. (laughs) I awoke that morning, and no less than two dozen day-old donuts had been creeped into my bed over the night. My feet. There's your next Christmas story for next year. And then Jesus creeped it in the bed. Little boy. Little boy, what day is this? Why, it's creep shit in the bed day, sir. I'd know it as sure as I'd know to pack me hand. I woke up to a bucket of fish. I had a bucket of fish and an old yo-yo stuck on my sheets. How about you, sir? Here. What day creep in your bed? Take this quarter and buy the largest bottle of you who you can. A whole quarter? I'll have to steal it. Thanks, sir. <laughs> Off to the 7-Eleven I go to start my fevery. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, lad. <laughs> I'm going to celebrate creeping under my jacket as I walk out the store. <laughs> Keep that Christmas spirit alive, young lad. Keep it alive. Oh, creep it in the bed. Buy something you don't want and creep it in somebody's bed. 
There you go. I'm telling you, if Christmas puss like is the story of the year, uh-huh. next year no. you're doing that one. <laughs> What's this? Three seasons of the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, it's Christmas creeping, all right? Right up my bed. What's this? A Tupperware with a six-week-old bit of meatloaf in it? Mm. It must be creeping in the bed. Yeah, hey. somebody creeped that right <laughs> under my sheets. But see, now you're, all, you're naming stuff that Paul really does like. So, <laughs> old meatloaf, <laughs> old meatloaf, old meatloaf, Gilmore, girls, Gilmore girls. Oh, buddy, that's old a that's day, a old that's a weekend. That was your blues name, right? Old meatloaf. That's uh, old meatloaf. My blues handle. Yeah. Old meatloaf. <laughs> like, you know who that guy looks like? He looks like old meatloaf. And that was and that was the name it's of like his album. Meatloaf. Old Meatloaf and the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the album was Creepin' in the Band. Well, actually, if he, if he made a band, it would he be, could be yeah. Old Meatloaf and just get a bunch of girls surrounding him, yeah. like it, as the rhythm section and the guitarist, and you'd be fine. Old Meatloaf and the Gilmore Girls present Creepin' in the Band. <laughs> <laughs> this I, I this is our hit single. It's called Creeping in the Bed. I wonder if, uh, if Professor Biggs is listening and make another uh, album cover for us. Creeping in the Bed. <laughs> just a poster of Creeping in the Bed. <laughs> it's going to have Meatloaf in the Gilmore Girls. Instruction, a little instruction thing. Like a, like It'll a, be like you with sunglasses on and, and <laughs> old Meatloaf. To creep it in the Bed. Paradise oh, by the tail tailpipe in the uh, window. Hold on, what? <laughs> Paradise by the tailpipe in the window. What do you... What do you Giving him noxious poisoning? Yes. Oh, that's not a whole suicide thing. That's not creepy. Suicide girl. Creep in the house. That's one of Jimmy Buffett's failed albums. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jimmy Buffett, topical. <laughs> He's still alive, you know. He's still alive. That makes it topical. Read yet? He sure is. He sure is. I feel like we haven't really gotten into the news at all. <laughs> we haven't. We've invented a new holiday. I think we're, we're above it. <laughs> We're celebrating the season yep. by discussing traditional holiday, traditional holiday fare, old donuts, and a seven-foot rasta banana. Creep it in the bed. Yep, creep it in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bring on but the news. You get penalized heavily if you wake the person you're creeping the stuff in. Oh, the bed. it doesn't What's, count because yeah. you have What's the penalty. The penalty is you have to put on a red pair of underwear and then uh, and a phallus. On your butt. You have to drag a 40-foot phallus through the streets saying, I woke them. I woke them. <laughs> I cannot creep well. Yeah. I awoke them. I, I do not. Them. I do not creep well. I woke them. I woke them. <laughs> I just imagine a day where there's multitudes of red underwear oh, people. Running around, it was, yeah. It's so horrible. It's one of the worst uh, memories of my childhood was the <laughs> first Christmas where I saw a good 200 people outside. Mm-hmm. Talking about how failed they failed their creeping, how it's they a, failed their creeping. It's a very Japanese signing holiday. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Earlier this year, it was reported that NBC was looking to develop a new series based on the horror thriller Rosemary's Baby. The network is moving forward with the series and have greenlit it as a four-hour miniseries. Okay. The series will be based on the 1967 Ira Levin novel, which was previously adapted into the film by uh, director Roman Polanski. According to THR, the NBC version of the story will, quote, revolve around a young married couple who move into a Paris apartment that has a haunted past. After getting pregnant, the wife becomes increasingly suspicious that both her husband and their neighbors have ulterior motives regarding the child's birth, unquote. So, Rosemary's Baby. Spoiler alert, it's the devil. (laughs) (laughs) What? 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 You're supposed to creep that in the bed. (laughs) 
Are you talking about Polanski or are you talking about? Hey-o. <laughs> Hey-o. The devil's in the hot Very tub. topical. <laughs> topical. Polanski. He's still, still alive, right? Yeah. Polanski's still alive. Is he? Alive. Is he still alive? I believe he is. Yeah. Asylum. Uh, the Weinstein companies, uh, Bob Weinstein and Harvey Weinstein, have reached a multi-year deal with Miramax, the company the brothers founded in 79 but departed in 2005 when they could not reach an agreement with then-owner Disney. Uh, Chairman Tom Barrick Jr. with uh, plans to dust off some of the company's classic titles and develop either sequels or TV series for them. Sequels will now be developed for Best Picture Oscar winner Shakespeare in Love and poker drama Rounders. And that a TV series based on Oscar-winning Goodwill Hunting and Flirting with Disaster are in the works as well. Sequels? Uh, yeah. Flirting uh, with Disaster. Remind me. That one I don't know. I, I think, think I saw uh, that one. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember it either. Well, me either. Which is a good sign. Yeah. Get on it. Yeah. As for um, the uh, new Rounders 2 villain, it said that they want Robert De Niro for the role. The deal will also involve shepherding some development projects, which includes a comedy titled The Alibi about a service that cleans up messes and creates cover stories for people having affairs. That's written by Stephen Colbert. Okay, so I'm okay with, I don't know. Actually, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm a huge fan of Rounders, to mm-hmm. be quite honest. Um, it was one of the movies that made me, and I grew up in this town, and up until I think I saw that movie, I didn't really have any interest in playing Texas Holden were playing poker, and then once I saw the movie, it kind of made me want to play more, and I did play. And, and, but the movie is is a, is a really unique story in itself. I mean, for for I mean for any poker for a person who likes to play poker or knows. No, them. it's it's the hustler of poker. Yes, it really is. Yeah. Um, and it's it's such a one. I mean, it's not like an Oscar winning script for it by any stretch of the imagination. But the cast that has a fan base, right? But it has it has a unique i mean a great cast matt damon edward norton uh john malkovich who plays yep. you know teddy kgb these this this was, this was a solid movie for all of the cast members in general i don't know how i would feel about them continuing either the story or uh whatever they're doing with it i mean if it come if it's uh the color of money which was the sequel to the hustler technically kind yeah. of technically yes. they, kind that of, turned yeah. out all right you know all right uh, I just watched the host. More importantly, Shakespeare Love. What's the? Why does that? Yeah, exactly. Why does that make sense? What? Where do you need? Yeah, a that, one, that one's confusing. How do you? What is? What sequel? Well, I guess we'll just Actually, do another. I thought I was off play. topic with the Rounders one, but yes, that yeah. brings up flirting with disaster. Uh, film was made in '96 about a young man and his wife and his incompetent caseworker travel across the country to find his birth parents. Who are the actors? Uh, looks like it is. Uh, well, it's uh, David O. Russell was the director and writer. David O. Russell, the same who did Three Kings, and who so. did Twelve yeah. Years a Slave. I've looked at the it's, movie a couple of times, but have like to rent it, but I've never bothered. Oh, sorry, to press David O. Russell rent. didn't do Twelve Years a Slave. David O. Russell did uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, you and got he's doing Patricia American Arquette, Hubble. Ben Stiller, Taylor yeah. Leone, Mary ben Tyler Moore, George Segal. Okay, so it's a disaster. I don't know if I've seen it. It's ringing a bell, but I might have. <clears throat> I might have been past it. So okay. And now for something completely different. Uh, Oliver Schmidt and his colleagues at the Institute for Integrative Nanosciences in Dresden, Germany, combined individual sperm cells with tiny magnetic metal tubes to create the first sperm-based biobots. I read this. This is funny. To create the sperm bots, the team made microtubes 50 microns long by 5 to 8 microns in diameter from iron and titanium nanoparticles. They added the tubes to a fluid containing thawed bull sperm. 
because one end of each tube was slightly narrower than the other. Sperm then swam into the wider end, became trapped headfirst with their flagella still free. To control the orientation of the microtubes, the team used external magnetic fields. It works much the same as a compass needle aligns with the Earth's magnetic field. This enabled the team to control the direction in which the sperm swam. Schmidt says that sperm cells are an attractive option because they are harmless to the human body, do not require an external power source, and can swim through viscous liquids. So, Eventually, these biobots could be used to shepherd individual sperm to eggs or to deliver targeted doses of drugs. Okay, I, th- I thought you just created a sperm-based compass, and I couldn't understand the point. Okay, <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Paul, mercury is very dangerous. I'm surprised. Because oh, that's thermometers. I'm because sorry, that's science. Thermometers. I'm honestly surprised that you said sperm and Paul had not said one word. <laughs> he was digesting it. I'm gonna go southwest jizz. <laughs> I'm going north jizz. No, um, uh, I think it's great. You're gonna have sperm in your blood. Floating up there. Yeah. Sperm bots. Sperm bots bloating under blood. Blood. Bloody sperm. To deliver <laughs> drugs. Bloody sperm. Bloody sperm. Interesting. Up, delivering drugs. Sounds like a punk band. Yep. We're the bloody sperm. Fuck you. Good night. <laughs> We're done. The only problem I see with it is now you have in your body a lot of tiny pieces of titanium with All the sperm. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, fuck you. Creep it in the bed. One, two, three, four. Creep it in the Isn't bed. Isn't it carbon, it carbon nanotubes that they use? I'll put sperm in your bed. What, what, I, didn't what, see, what? I didn't really think about carbon in here. That's right. I rubbed one out, slang it on your bed sheet. Iron and titanium. That's what I did. Slang it. I creeped it right in your bed. Your did feet you are going to be covered. It? I slanged it and creeped it at the same time. <laughs> Fuck you. I so, don't think that's possible. You're going to have a terrible night of sleep. Fitful rest. That's what you're going to find. Your feet are going to be slip sliding all around like you're on a slip and slide. But it's my jizz. Slip and slide. So these two. One, two, three, four. Slip and slide, slip and slide. That's actually my jizz. Fuck you. Good night. We're not done. Is our encore. Oh, better. So these, these two. What did you your, say? Your question. So these tubes are essentially vaginal splinters. Is that what I'm. Oh, now what? <laughs> What did you even say? Vaginal splinters. Vaginal that's the, that's, They're not that's vaginal the op- splinters. That's the opening band. That's the opening band. <laughs> <laughs> the vaginal splinters. It's an all-girl group. Who are we kidding? Yeah. He's, he's opening for vaginal splinters. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't open for vaginal splinters? Hey-o. Hey-o. Better stay open. Uh, apparently, Boy. somebody did open. Boy, the first guy. in there. The first guy that goes in after that procedure. <laughs> Ow! Yarf. <laughs> It befalls a lot of uh, woman carpenters, I've heard. <laughs> um, no, that doesn't. No, you're talking crazy. <laughs> they're they're tiny, really? tiny, they're tiny, tiny tubes. <laughs> Star yeah, <you> stop. <laughs> they're tiny, tiny tubes. And that differs from splinters in in per- tube. The splinters aren't tubes. They're microns long, as opposed to like millimeters. Okay, so they're they're. So so tiny that they could probably pass through the pores of your skin. Yeah, but they small. can but they can trap sperm. Yeah, just like me. <laughs> Fallout Four appears to be set in Boston, according With to casting tiger-like mouth. According to casting documents <laughs> obtained by Kotaku, the documents Who? what Fallout Four Fallout Oh, I don't care. Appears to be set in Boston. Checking out. Check out. According to casting documents obtained by Kotaku, the documents are for a casting call for a project codenamed Institute. While they do not reference the Fallout games directly, several references to settings and locations from the franchise appear throughout it. 
Kotaku also, uh, Kotaku also reports that casting director for the Institute is linked to previous projects at Bethesda Game Studio. In attack in August 12th, uh, 2012, an uh, anonymous Reddit poster claimed Bethesda had been visiting Boston locations. And in January 2013, Fallout 3 voice actor Eric Dellums wrote on Twitter that there, quote, may be more of the dog coming, unquote, referencing his character from the game DJ Three Dog. So, Fallout 4. Not official, but probably coming. Have you played the whole series? Yes, it's fan fucking dad. Yeah, I remember you saying you liked it. I love, love that series. A lot of people are crazy for it. Not my style of game. Is it because it's right. too long? Yeah, it's like wieners. Uh, I just can't. I, yeah, part of it's just too much. It's too involved. I, oh, it's very involved. It's right? like Skyrim involved. Yeah, like, you know, in Skyrim, I really enjoy. And I can get into that with the fantasy setting. But I've only played like maybe eight hours of Skyrim. And I know that's just... That's nicking at the surface of oh, what that game's got Nick. to offer. You might have cut a facial hair. It's got like, well, it takes like at least 50 hours to even beat, right? Uh, you know, I don't know if you just like concentrated like on really the playing, quest, right, but it's impossible to not right get dis- through, but yeah, no. distracted. It's a 100-hour game, 80-hour game. It's yeah, just like, yeah. I don't have that kind of time. So it I, is. I wish I did. So good. I wish I did. That's the fucked up thing about my life. That's all I want is time to play games, but... I have to work to get money to buy games. It's mm-hmm. not fair. It's no, it's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair, exactly. <laughs> After all this time, my fucking glasses. <laughs> uh, Google has implemented a new system that auto-detects content that is supposedly in breach of copyright this week, and it's affecting many YouTube stars. They're claiming that dozens and even hundreds of their videos are being removed. Since these claims are automatic because of the new systems, many game companies who own the copyrights in question are doing their best to help those affected by the new system. Uh, YouTube star uh, Tetra Ninja, who has 500,000 subscribers, claims that more than 350 of his videos have been taken down. Ghost Robo, with more than 600,000 subscribers, says that more than 100 of his videos have been removed. And YouTube star The Rad Brad, nearly 2 million subscribers, claims that, quote, every video I've uploaded since 2010 is slowly being taken away from me, unquote. Since these and many other YouTube personalities rely on the video generate income, they are clearly very concerned about Google's new policy. Getting a video flagged for copyright means a loss of revenue while Google decides what to do. Game companies like Blizzard Entertainment, Deep Silver, Capcom, and Ubisoft are siding with the YouTubers because so many of the new claims are part of the automated system and not something they are involved in. Some are urging users to dispute the claims. So why is it a copyright issue? Uh, basically what's happening is YouTube has unleashed a whole new set of bots uh, looking for uh, pieces of gameplay, game trailers, music, and so on. Uh, and it's even going to so obscure in it as that if there is a piece of music that is licensed to a boss battle in a game, but that music was licensed to something else like, say, in South America, uh, the South American company flags as a claim from them as they were a licensed user of that, even though they're not the original creators of that music or such. It so it's it's a broad say everything goes it's it's it was brought about it years ago by the various copyright holders. They were attacking Google and YouTube saying that they weren't doing enough to police videos and google's argument was well we don't police it at all we allow people to upload what they want because it's it's a service 
And so after years Which of litigation. Which is fine yeah. until you're providing people the option to make money yeah. off of what they're uploading. Well, I, It I, wasn't I, an issue until monetization. participators in YouTube could start making money off of it. And then it does become a copyright issue. Yeah. There's the truth to that. But, but, but even before that, though, after years of litigation, they finally relented and started policing the content. But they were using uh, software algorithms that l searched through the videos and then flagged them and in many cases you know just automatically flagged and not like several of our episodes have actually been flagged but because mm -hmm. we're legitimate press and we've used these clips with permission mm -hmm. and we know, don't monetize ours so. yeah we don't we don't monetize so we've we've we're covered by fair use as well as the fact that you know many of the clips were given to us by the studios right. to use and and that's another thing so. is that it's an overarching bot system um, these videos are getting pulled down because they are using footage of B-roll trailer that they have been allowed to use, but because it is pieces of the game that this bot is looking for, it takes them down immediately, even though they do have the permission to use it. So, so are these review shows or a lot of them, a lot of them are reviews, a lot of them are, a lot of let's plays get hit with it. Review shows and just uh, yeah, some really odd, obscure things going on. Yeah, we we've been flagged, but nothing has been pulled down yet. It's just it the, the system tells, and I don't know if it's just because of our producer status or what, but it the system tells me this content has been flagged. No uh, copyright uh, claims have been filed. I'm willing right. to bet I know the reason sure. you've been flagged. He's know. sitting to your right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, even so much as like showing the cover of a game, like you're doing a review, and in the corner on the upper right-hand side, let's say you're doing a review of XCOM, you show a cover of the XCOM video game, that image is copyrighted material and can be flagged. It's that kind of thing that is that's how over And it's an example of where the computer is just doing what it was told. Yeah, right. exactly. And it cannot distinguish the difference. Mm -hmm. and it's it, right. But it's, it's placing yeah. the burden on the uploader as to it's you are guilty until proven innocent. So, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's it's assuming you're in the wrong. Yeah. yeah. So what's the and process? It's, and it's not coming from the companies themselves. The companies are now trying to fight this, but that's just the way the copyright law is written in this now country. Here's a good but question. I mean, they've been kind of forced into that, though, because of all of the years of litigation that, mm -hmm. you know, like in, Paramount right. and and uh, Warner Brothers and all of these other big studios. You're talking Google pressured. was forced into it. Yes. Okay. They, they all pressured Google. I'm, I'm talking that these companies no, I know. Are, are trying to fight their own. That's thing. what I'm saying, yeah. though. It's those companies that forced Google into policing it that are now making a big Upset 180 because the of the PR. Of it, yeah. yeah, because of the PR nightmare. It's like, whoa, well, now we've got to kind of back these people and say it's okay for them to use our stuff. Well, well yeah, here's, here's here. an interesting question now. So the person who was claiming that they lost, like, basically all their videos since mm -hmm. 2010, um, you upload it and they take them down, they have no record of that anymore, and you'd have to, unless you uh, kept it, like, unless you kept a copy of it somewhere. It's probably there. It's just it's it's taken yeah. down from public use. Yeah. Uh, and I think also it's not necessarily gone, but the monetization's gone. But some of these people do it for a living. I'm just saying, I would hope that the videos. Yeah. I think in a lot of these cases, the video's in. still there, but there's no money involved anymore. Okay. In it. So it's and, the monetization. You know, that's technically, been taken if away. you do read the terms and conditions that Google puts up there. Once you upload it, you don't own it anymore yeah, anyway. So if if you were saying, hey, you know, why'd you take my video down? They could theoretically say, no, we took our video down. Yeah. Because once you upload it, you know, if you don't have copyright claims somewhere else for that material that you've uploaded, they can do whatever they want with it. 
So, so. what's the, what's the process for fighting that? You have to um, dispute it. You, yeah. uh, there's a dispute process. Then Google reviews uh, your your claim of whatever you're claiming against. And then they make a, a rule. And then once they've ruled on it, then that's that. It's going to take time now that the Google's finally like, fine, we'll police it. It's going to take time to figure out. We'll get there. You know, everybody will figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then when new people are coming up, they'll just know in advance. Yeah. All right, I have to show to Google this mm-hmm. is what I'm doing. I got to get permission from Xbox or whoever, Microsoft or Sony, beforehand. Yeah. And hopefully. And, and the, a lot of these companies don't just do review shows. They do... Uh, uh, news shows, and if you have to submit your news for Google review that comes out two weeks later, it's not news anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, well, yeah, that's that whole time delaying the news. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's that issue as well for some of those people. But I've I've subscribed to a lot of those channels that are being impacted by this, and I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing it happen. It's kind of interesting to watch. A a robot with a human voice that calls itself Samantha West has been calling people in effort to sell health insurance. It all came crashing down when the recorded voice reached time. uh, Washington Bureau Chief Michael Scherer. Scherer asked point blank if West was a robot, and she laughed it off and insisted she was human. However, when faced with the questions not covered by her robot script, she failed to answer and tried to deflect by talking... Uh, t- talking about a bad connection and pressing on with the questions. Uh, Time called back and made several recordings of the robot dodging questions and laughing at the idea that it wasn't human. After the reporters traced the calls back to the health insurance company Premier Health Plans in- Incorporated and pressed employees for information, the number began diverting to a busy signal. The company's website is also currently down, so they may be reevaluating their whole lying robot marketing strategy. Um, I-, I-, I listened uh, to this uh, robot oh, conversation yeah? before. Is it funny? It's it's impressive. It's it's as you get listen to it, it's obviously you're hearing a robot, but it does a great job of not sounding like one. That's pretty wild. Now, obviously, he, it's it's not pre-recorded dialogue. It's all synthesized it's, dialogue. It's, it might be pre-recorded, but it knows what to weave in and sure, out. Sure, yeah. because the guy the guy keeps saying over and over again, it's like, "Are you a robot?" And he's like, <laughs> "No, I'm human. Of course, I'm not a robot." And he starts to sound sad. Of course, I'm human. And it's like if you're human, uh, say. I am not a robot. And it starts laughing. It's like, no, I'm human. Now, then just say you are not a robot. So and clearly then, the word robot was never put into the system. Yeah. So that it would never be said. So it can't actually be generated voice. There actually has to be an actress somewhere. It sounds like it's an actress. hours and hours. Yes. I did that once. Did you? Yeah, in Chicago, I, was, uh, they, I got paid not a great deal of money, but I got paid for the election to do audio election and just list every person uh, that you could vote for mm. on the ballot. And it was hundreds of names. Oh. And then all of the different things. Yeah, it was like two days of just like eight hours long. Just wow. like Johnson, Robert Johnson, Democrat. You know, it was just like, oh, whew. It's a long, boring day. That was for sure. <laughs> but then Robert not is there Johnson. an actress whose job it is to do a sale. Somewhere there's play testers who had to come up with questions and have her come up with other answers. And well, <laughs> well, I know what they do with a lot of those is they do the recordings like anonymously. Like they, the per, the actor or actress shows up, they sit in the recording booth and they read a bunch of dialogue and there's no telling what it's for. In fact, uh, they made a big deal about it a few months ago about for Apple's Siri. 
that the 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 person that did the the voice for the English version in Britain, uh, and then the the lady it was a guy, and then the lady that did the one for domestically here in the United States, neither of them knew what they were recording for until you know a full year later when it came out and it was in the zeitgeist. They're like, hey, that's me. So like every time you see like te- they'd see a television commercial of you know dialogue that they had recorded you know it, for the example of you know the, the television commercials with, like Sam Jackson and uh, uh, what's her name on the Fox show where they you know they're asking Siri questions and then Siri gives the answer back. The actress was like, hey, that's me, and had, she had no idea that's what she was recording for at the Lord time. Yeah, Zoe Deschanel is who was the on the, but not the she's not she's not the actress that <laughs> no, recorded no, for that. it, yeah, yeah. but she was in the commercials. You said the chick on Fox. Yes. that's the first person that came to mind. Um, <coughs> I do yeah, watch no. New Girl, so oh, okay, I don't. What is going on with what New Girl? What are you watching New Girl for? I watch a lot of TV, Paul. Oh. a lot of TV. You still have cable? I have satellite. Ah, but picture, even without satellite, I still sharp. watch. Stuff on Netflix, and I watch a lot yeah, of stuff. That's what I do. I watch a lot of Netflix. We were we were driving around somewhere, and we had the uh, the uh, GPS running, and we just could not find a voice we liked, and we decided that the vo- the voice we really wanted, we wanted the dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can take a left. You're into that whole determination thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. There's I'd, Vader. There's yeah, Homer. Like, there's all kinds of shit. I love the crazy voices you can get. Yeah. There should be a Samuel L. Jackson one. Turn left, motherfucker. There's Is a there Snoop not one? one. There's a Snoop Dogg one. Yeah. Yep. He all the izzles. He adds all the izzles and stuff. Turn to the rizzle, then make a u-tizzle. That that wouldn't get on your nerves. At You're all a bunch no. of racists. I'm yeah. just putting it out there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they are. Welcome I'm just saying show. what Samuel L. Jackson would no. say. Not racist. I hate everybody. <laughs> He's true. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're not racist. Oh, no, it does. I hate everyone. <laughs> Equally. How about that? A, cons- a, horse over here. a consumer affairs report says that hacking attempts against the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 are ramping up. <laughs> no shit. According to I'm the not re- going to buy one until they're broken. According to the report which is based on information from security firm Kapersky Lab, hackers have launched an average of 34,000 attacks per day across the Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and other game platforms. Kapersky also says that it found 4.6 billion pieces of gaming-focused malware against the various game systems to date. Quote, we've seen just two of the biggest console launches ever with the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, unquote. Kapersky uh, Lab senior security researcher David M. said... (laughs) That means there will be more gamers, uh, sorry, more gamers for criminals to target, especially as the Sony and Microsoft machines increasingly use the internet for a fuller gaming experience. And don't forget the PC, still the most popular gaming platform and cyber crooks' favorite part target. Unquote. Microsoft and Sony have not publicly commented on the story. Recently, Sony reset the passwords of PlayStation Entertainment Network customers in Europe and North America due to what it calls a irregular activity. Unquote. Uh, s- Sony is no doubt looking to avoid the hacking incident like it had a few years ago when it saw millions of its customers' data stolen worldwide. So yeah, that's happening behind the scenes, everybody. Enjoy your consoles this season. I figured we all knew that, right? Yeah, but uh, 34,000 a day, that's, that's quite, a, quite a number. Nobody's screwing with the Dreamcast, though, right? Uh, <laughs> have you turned yours on lately? Yeah. Did, <laughs> did the internet version... No, because you have a Dreamcast. 
but that's but that's what you hack- get when it's all, all he's on. What's that's the point of hacking it though? Uh, to say you did. Some yeah. some is to say you did, but Microsoft and Sony has everybody's credit card information yep. when it comes down to it. True. There's so money. there's financial reasons to get it, and not only that, but all the personal information which can be used to sell identity. identity theft. And so yeah. Also, the modern version of counting coup. So, so basically a bunch of douchebags. So, oh, yeah. So it's the same problem that all things hook up to the Internet have. have problems I mean, 34,000 a day, I would bet 25,000 of those are happening in Nigeria. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, from what yeah. I hear. It's yeah, Nigeria's like, home of all the princes. Well, no, but apparently in Nigeria, it's like <coughs> Nigerians, if there's anything like computer wise, it can't be broken. You know, just give it to a bunch of Nigerians and in like two days they'll have it done. It's just what they do. They my my brother toad. informed me this week that my uh, Twitter account had been hacked, and oh, really? in and it was just nothing but Cyrillic ad for various electronic equipment. I, I never. Well, I'm glad you don't follow me on Twitter. Though. Well, I, I never use my Twitter account now. Now I've, I've been reminded that I have one, so I've actually tweeted a couple <laughs> times now. Guess what? But I, but I had to go and delete 52 accounts that I had access to my Twitter account. Mm. Wow. 52 accounts that access? Yeah. Oh, God. Wow, uh, who has access to your account? Write to us. Comments at UglyCatShow.com. And hopefully we'll have a new Ugly Cat Show episode up on their YouTube channel uh, fairly soon. And uh, in the meantime, and uh, enjoy the next couple of weeks. We certainly will. We will see you in the newest of New Year's. And until then, I am Master Torgo. The famous Paul. 80s Jeff. Captain Luddite. Fact check Andy. Bonzo. Major Matt. And we'll talk to you next year at Geek. So when's the next episode? What's the the, the date? Uh, the next date will be the uh, first week of uh, January. Oh, as far as the video show? No, no. It's uh, as far as the, the as far as this podcast, we'll be back in the first week of January. It'll be the seventh, right? Yes. Uh, well, the eighth. Because as it's a buddy of mine pointed morning. out, uh, we're not going to be here because the Mayans just got it off by a year. Oh, okay. Then oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So good. We're good, all going to be dead. Woo. Oh, they forgot oh, to carry God. the bird. Whatever, yeah. Carry they forgot, the bird. They forgot to carry the bird. Wavy so line bird. They were off by a year. <laughs> I love it. Too busy creeping I in the bed. I forgot about wavy line bird. <laughs> you had oh, forgotten yeah. about wavy line bird. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> Whoa, you should kiss your mother with that mouth? <laughs> <laughs> wavy line bird. Wavy line Whoa. bird. Oh, man. Yowza. Oh, man. That's some fucking cell block D shit. <laughs> <laughs> Filthy talk. Oh.